Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Sex Caliber Bones a lot. Madeline, Edward, Sunzi, Alyssa, Vixen, Holly, Natasha, Laura, Boezy, Jeremy, Ali, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, Wes, Aaron, Kristen, Tia, Jonathan, Isaac, and Karun. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome horror virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do this on the Facebook group where we hang out and talk about how we would Kevin McAllister a house daily. My eye looks a lot better, but now I just call it my savory eye. <laughs> <laughs> Paige, speaking of that, did you see the Facebook post today about your under her buttery eye? No, what? Hold on, I've been working all day. So apparently in the Facebook groups, they have decided that we are now in a big family type cult and that you are our leader and that our saying to each other is under her buttery eye. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, Mikey made us revisit The The Collector. Collector. So, Mikey... Please tell us why you wanted to revisit The Collector. I like The Collector. It's one of my go-to watches. How often do you watch it? Not often. But before I did podcasting, I used to watch it. Before I did podcasting for movies and used to watch movies for pleasure, it was <laughs> back, back in then. the before four times. Mikey, the believe me, time. I understand what you mean. I haven't seen a movie for a pleasure in a while. If I watch movies, it's usually movies I haven't seen before to see if we need to do a podcast episode on them. Yeah, yeah, similar. Or you know, rarely. I'm just a lot more picky about the movies I watch now. It's either new or podcast research. But I do like this one because I do think it's. I think the premise is a little different than uh, the usual horror movie where you get the the cat burglar versus the serial killer type deal. I think this guy's a better jigsaw because he's a little bit more proactive and kind of evil uh, and I think the premise is a little ridiculous and I, I I like the bad guy. I like with the collector and the collected. I like the sequel and when you watch them together tells one full story that I really like. The sequel is The Collection, I believe, right? The Collection, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which we also have done, but yes, Mikey, I was wondering, I guess, have you seen this since we watched this for the podcast back in January of 2019? Yes, yes, I have. Okay. Our original episode was episode 37, and it came out January 28th of 2019. Yeah, I, I like it better than the Saul franchise. I think it's a little bit more action movie y than the Saul stuff. I definitely agree with it being more action movie y, and I understand that that rhymes, and I apologize for that. But I think Saul is completely overrated, which is why we have not done many of those films. 
Paige is shaking her head, but she has not come on here and been like, you know what we need to do? Saw two or saw three or saw. <laughs> this is sort of like Mikey and I are on a podcast and we're watching Paige listen to our podcast. Because yeah. yeah, she doesn't yeah, say yeah. anything, but she's being very vocal with her body language. Well, I'm, I'm letting Mikey, I'm giving Mikey space to express his opinions before I say bad things. I think it sets up Arkin as an interesting character where he's morally ambiguous. Uh, I think the writing is well good to set it up where it doesn't make him too evil it does a good balancing act where like okay his wife owes money to a loan shark so he has to go back to robbing safes yeah it wants you to think he's Jean Valjean but he's not he's just like a cat burglar who's trying to rob this rich family and he just happens to have to do that during their murder (laughs) but it shows his motivation and it didn't have to in a a way that makes sense where he's like i have a daughter i care about kids you know yeah there's that save the cat moment where he's out he's leaving he's going away and then he sees the daughter up there not even his daughter but their daughter and then he goes back How, how dare you call it a save the cat moment in a movie that fucking tortures a cat and explodes a dog how dare you it literally cuts it in half yeah. And after it tortured it on the floor. That's oh, yeah. so disgusting and unnecessary. I know. I know, Paige. That's what would happen, though. I mean, like, I know that, you know, you guys are very against animal violence. There's a lot of people violence in this, too. But, like, a real sicko will murder an animal. So, like, this is a realistic depiction. They'll start there. That's the thing. Like, if they're killing people, they've been killing animals for a while, usually. Sure. But I feel like realistically, most animals would run away. Or hide and be harder to find than the humans. Like, if you own a cat, you know that every once in a while you walk into your house and you're like, where the fuck is the cat? And you freak out and then, like, run out into the street searching for your cat. And then you come inside and you just waltzes out of a place. And you're like, where did he come from? I, the cat would have made it if he didn't have that final trip wire on that on that window. No, that cat was mutilated. Yeah, that cat was probably already going to die. And in the movie, it's prolonged and painful and gross and it doesn't need to be there. It ruins a huge section of the movie for me. I mean, it is like a torture porn movie, though. Like, fair it- enough. I mean, fair. I think I fair enough. I think we watch a lot of movies where it tortures people and women and children and adults. And I know that some people draw the line animals. That does that stuff doesn't bother me as much. And if I had a dog coming to kill me, I would kill that dog. Sure, but that that makes sense. Like, I, I get that. And I felt less bad about the dog because obviously the imminent danger is self-defense. That's self-defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's self-defense. That one I, I get. The, the cat, I'm like, fuck the screenwriter. <laughs> but yeah, but Paige, what you don't realize is that cat had a grenade on it. Well, okay then. Like, it was an evil cat. Well, I mean, I, I think that's what my biggest, I think, criticism of the film is as it's aged is it has that 2005, 6, 7, 8 edginess about it that horror films all tried to do yep. with the same filters and everything and like i i the, the cat stuff doesn't bother me i don't think it's necessary i think back then it was just about pushing that envelope with hostile and all that like hostile and saul and this was that generation this is my favorite film of those films i can't believe that it's clearly the worst written <laughs> i strongly disagree and i think a lot of people love this movie i know a lot of people do a lot of people who have seen yeah. it really do and i understand what you're saying because i like the element of what happens if like a cat burglar went up against a serial that's killer my favorite who was, like, part meticulous yeah. yes like i yeah. love that would love to see them make a third of this because I like the collection better than this. 
And I'd love to see them grow the idea. They filmed for eight days on the third one before COVID yeah. and like rights things shut it down. And they're trying to do it again. Okay. But like, I, and then also Paige, the second one doesn't have the, the cat stuff. It doesn't. Can I spoil the second one a little bit with you? I was going to ask you to, okay. because what I think I really want is a combination of the first and second one, because you could cut 40 minutes out of this movie and it's only 90 minutes long. I know. So like... I think if you did a combined better edited one, maybe that's the movie I want. I don't I I like the pacing of this film. I like I like this movie. I I I I'm a fan of this movie. The second one, Arkin escapes the box. Like the killer brings him to his next place. Arkin escapes. Okay. That's kind of what I guessed was gonna happen. Yeah. And he takes the daughter of like a millionaire, and this dude hires Arkin with a gang of mercenaries to hunt this guy down because Arkin was able to tr like he survived yeah okay yes okay so he arkin goes after him in the second one and it creates this okay. interesting story where like i think a lot of uh horror films and, and you know it pay plays on our fears like we're powerless like if this guy broke in it's about getting out of the house the final girl situation like you know right how do we fight back it's desperate i'm scared this guy is never scared he never loses cool he like outwits him a little bit and fight like physically fights him a bunch too much. Now I do say too much. Arkin is a little over tortured, but yes. I still think it yes. is such an interesting premise. Uh, and I I always like to watch it because Arkin tries to be a decent guy while he's trying to you know do his own thing. But like his motivations are pretty decent. But like I I, I really like it. I think the families. I think the kills are interesting. Uh, I think um, it's an interesting premise where this guy's like I'm gonna tie all these people up, make mousetrap the game with lethal stuff all up in your house for like four <laughs> hours. It, it's it would take so much so much longer than that i know we talked about that in the first episode we did of this of how long it would take it's fucking impossible yeah <laughs> i i think what happened here mikey because the second one sounds infinitely more interesting than this movie i think you love the second one and to get to that one you have this one and that's truly what you like i, li I like them both together because it, it creates this dynamic here where arkin has a real reason to hate this guy and the and like arkin saves that little girl which i think you know, if, if it wasn't for that little girl, he would have been fucking pieced out. Yeah. Yeah. He, he definitely would have pieced out. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Which I would argue he should have. The best way to save that child is to get like police and help to the house. Time though. Well, the police, re the police did get there and then like also the police react. And then the house explodes. She would have died. Yeah. Yeah. The how the but the police react like kind of how police react. We're like, okay, he came on the radio, got cut off. They sent everybody immediately because they they couldn't get in contact with it. Yeah, like it, and it all kind of realistically timeline wise goes. So I enjoy that part too. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the collector's an interesting villain out of a at a time in horror where there's not a lot of villains that are good. I feel like I don't know enough about him to be interested. Right. At least in this movie. Maybe in the next one I learn a ton, but in this movie I didn't. I feel like and man, I can't remember a time like I can't remember what it was like to watch this the first time. Yeah. Because now when I think back on the story of it, I am thinking of it now from you the think collection the franchise, right? Perspective. Yeah. Right. I do have the whole franchise now in mind. But like I do think they lay the groundwork in this first movie that like clues you into that this killer has like a methodology 
He has like rules that he operates by. We just don't know most of them no. or understand why right. or care in this movie. Right. I'm not sure we get a lot of it explained in the collection. Okay. But we do get more of it from what I remember in the collection. Okay. And it is sort of start because I don't want to spoil everything, but they like do go on to his home turf. At some point. So we do get some clues about the killer's sort of backstory, I believe. Okay, so this was my first time seeing this, but I had listened to the original episode, and I mistakenly, in the original episode, I thought, because I'd never seen this movie, that the burglar broke into the serial killer's house on accident and then was trapped there, which for me is a clearer through line. And when I realized that that's not what happened, it kind of, I was like, oh no, this is really bad. But here's my thing. First, the first act of this movie, the first 30 to 40 minutes of it, perfect. No changes. We cool. Then once you realize Once he goes to the house to break in No because he's in the house at that point That's true I suppose uh, This movie moves fast through the first act For the first 30 to 40 minutes it's paced really well And then it's paced awful for the rest of the movie But when he gets to the house And it's a house that he's only left A matter of hours ago Not very long And this entire house is booby trapped With a season's worth of Mythbusters somehow magically and the only way they try to explain it is like oh he's the exterminator i was like okay so that's how he got access but there's no way he had time and multiple box trucks to carry all the equipment he would need (laughs) to booby trap a house he's only been inside a couple times and for only a few hours at this point and for only a few hours in order to explain it at the beginning of the movie the family would be have to be like hey contractor We're going to Hawaii for a week. Right. But if you see a van out that's an exterminator, don't worry about it. He's taking care of some spiders we found in the basement. And it would would have to be days. And then this is the day they return. Yes. Like, that's the only way it makes sense. Because that dude was, that dude's been setting up traps for like 58 hours at least. This is what happened to Kevin McAllister. After Home Alone, this is what happened. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a better origin story. Uh, that's my head cannon on this. If they reveal in the third Collector movie that it is Kevin McAllister, Hilarious. I lose my mind. Somebody calls that kid. Paige. Okay, okay. The but second film. Hold on. Let me finish Let talking finish. about the one I had to watch today. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. So. I then was very disappointed because I thought for sure that the dad of the family was going to turn out to be the serial killer (laughs) and that he had like broken into their house and he was just like, you're in my house with me now. Because for me, that's the clearest through line. So the whole time I'm like, why the fuck is this so complicated and weird? And then at a certain point in the movie... The interesting plots stop because we now know that he's in the house. He's got the two parents. He's kind of looking for the daughter. But that goes on for like 30, 40 minutes. And it's just him going room to room to room to room to room to room to room of things that poke him, slice him, whatever. And some of them are fucking impossible. What's the acid glue? What even is that? Like, To a point where I'm like, I have been watching this man just get mutilated for 30 minutes. I have learned nothing new. I'm fucking tired of it. I'm bored as shit. And then the last 10 minutes is like, we're going to try and wrap this up. And I'm like, no, you had 30 minutes to build in more story. And there wasn't any. As opposed to like a saw 
where Jigsaw, and now granted, there are a bunch of Saw <laughs> sequels that... that suck. I understand. But in, but Jigsaw plans this shit out. The first one. Yeah, that first one's solid, man. Yes, but the, we yeah. just. The first one's solid, and the second one's not bad. It's not great. It's better than this movie, because uh, in the second one, he's like planned hard it for disagree. each person. So we're learning about people, we're learning about the puzzle, and then we're trying to solve it the whole time. And it's also 92 minutes. Like, that movie makes so much more sense or like a seven or even hostile. Like I'm here for this. I was just like, how much longer do I have to watch this guy walk into different rooms? Like, why would you even keep walking into rooms? Like he doesn't start breaking windows until an hour into this movie. I was like, bro. Well, because the first time he tries to get out a window, it's like a razor blade thing. Yeah. Like, uh, oh. I get it. But I'm like, now you got to start checking all the windows, all the doors, all the stuff, which also the guy installed four different deadbolts in a door. Like, with the, in how much time? Paige, it made me so mad when he he has a special lock to unlock those because it doesn't mean he just locked them and drilled them so they couldn't ever use the key again. It right. means that he replaced the deadbolt, which would take like an hour to do all four of them. No, the real deadbolt's at the bottom. The four at the top, he has his own key, but like it, they're pre-keyed. But that, but he would have to drill them into the door. And I don't know if you've ever had your locks changed. It takes fucking forever. Yeah. Like I was like, what are we doing here? It literally took this guy a full ass week to set up these traps. This is what workers can do when they're not, when they're self-motivated and not paid hours. No, but also <laughs> the coolest trap, the coolest trap never gets used. Mikey's trying to win me over with some union talk and it's not nah. happening, Mikey. I see through oh, your you ruse. Should. No, because here, here's the thing. Like, the chandelier, cool, but it doesn't even kill the guy. The razor wire room. How do we not have someone try to run out through the razor wire room and get sliced into fucking chunks? How do you not do that? Like, that's the kind of shit that was driving me nuts. This is her. Look, and I liked watching the boyfriend get destroyed by bear traps. That was great. No notes. That was insane. That's one good scene. <laughs> but like, I liked watching the daughter get launched across the room into the spiked projector. Cool. You've described three minutes. Of 30 minutes of nothing. By the, the the torture porn in 2007 was strong. Like they, 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 they dragged that out. This is 2009. Yeah. This is a nightmare time period for especially like, I don't even, even mean horror, but like low budget T movies. No, yeah. horror in this time period. Well, is... I mean, every low budget Ooh. movie sort of suffered from this in 2019. And this is that dark ages time period between digital like we have now and film. It was cheap to shoot on DSLR, but you couldn't make it look as good as film yet. And like this suffers for that because it is aggressively like hard toned blue to make it look more yes. like night than it actually is. Yeah. Blue and green. And it's like it's just it, it looks like it's a Spanish soap opera. I also like I get why Mikey likes this so much because if you I don't I don't understand if you like like the torture porny kind of movies. A lot of them are lacking on stuff that this has. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I, I would say that Saw has a cool premise because it's Jigsaw. It is iconic. Yes. I, I do like the premise. This is producers and writers from Saw, if, if, yeah. if I'm remembering correctly. Some of them, yeah. I think it's, is it Lee Wan-El? No. Okay. 
I was like, this doesn't feel like a Lee Wan L or James Wan. No, because they're they're story people. There would be story. That's yeah, why Saw that's, has that's stories I mean. yeah. for their Saw movies. But I also like the premise to this as well. I that's why I like the se- like the collection, and I, I'd love I'd love to see a third one because I do feel like it's a cool premise. I feel like a burglar on a serial killer's turf is super interesting to me. A burglar in a house that a serial killer somehow infiltrated with an entire Home Depot. Not as interesting. Where for me, from what you're describing of the second one, I feel like what I really want is the second movie and just a cold open that's like 10 minutes long. That's a compacted version of this movie of him getting tortured, saving the girl. What you're describing is the collection page. Is that it? (laughs) No, the collection's cold opening is the collector throws a rave and ends up murdering 170 people in a rave. Amazing. Here, here for That's like 10 minutes and that kicks everything (laughs) off, Paige. You're gonna love the collection. That sounds hilarious. You're gonna love it. No, I mean, I like the villain. I like the franchise. Like, I want more interesting concepts. I want, I want variety here like a horror and when was the last time we got like a jason or a mike myers or you right. know those kinds of villains sure 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 i mean jigsaw was around this time period but that's really the only yeah. one that i can think of right now but jigsaw dies like the next saw and then they go on seven more movies after that or 12 well that that's because that's because uh james wan and lee winnell are no longer involved after that point basically but like right. in this movie i like the idea that he collects people, okay, interesting, but we don't even learn that until almost the end of the movie. He's just a guy that somehow has mirac- like a time turner or Zach Morris powers or something to set up something in somebody's house. As opposed to like if you're in his house and he's got like a terror maze and collects people and somehow lures them there, that is all way more interesting. You're 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 actually you're describing the second film yeah. pretty much to a T. This, yeah. this is what I'm saying. I think you guys yeah. love the second film and you just have to watch this one to get to it. No, 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 no. I like I like them both. I like them both. I, I like the franchise. But I also want more interesting movie. Like, I would love a movie that's like Halloween, but like, what if there's like a burglar breaks in the house when Michael Myers is trying to kill Jamie Lee Curtis? Like, love that's it. an interesting concept. I, I just want different horror concepts. Sure, sure. And that, but that's a logical through line. I think for this one, they ha- they started with that, an interesting germ of an idea, and then ruined it with a bunch of craziness, and then seemingly, I guess, fixed it in the sequel. Because in this movie, in the movie we watched today, disregard the second one completely, in this movie, we learn. Nothing about him except that he collects people and likes spiders. That's all we learn. That and that he is apparently obsessed with Rube Goldberg machines and puzzles. But that's just something we have to infer. And somehow he... He got red-pilled by OK Go music videos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it, Which was around this time. I know um, it was. <laughs> and he's an exterminator. But there was like another guy with the exterminator. So where's that guy? Like, we don't know anything. By the end of this movie, we're just like, I guess I watched this one guy get cut up for 40 minutes. And I'm not scared of gore. Well, and some people get killed. Like, yeah. a lot of people I mean, actually people get, get killed, killed. And some animals get tortured. Like, yeah, it's bad. People, But they're dead. Those people are dead halfway through the movie. And it's basically just him. And like, okay, fine. But like, as someone who's not scared or excited by gore for gore's sake, it is boring for 30 minutes. Like, I think I want the second one. I mean, those are the 30 minutes where I'm, like, cringing the most. Eh. Because, like, there is, like... Yeah. I don't... 
I'm not usually super affected by body horror, but there's like quite a few moments in this that really fuck me. Oh, like yeah. fuck me over because like the the hand scene where he gets his hand outside the window and it's like the razor blades. Yeah, that gets me super hard. The fish hooks is oh the. The guy who's in the box for the majority of the movie, he's honestly the guy from the beginning. And his his toes are Yeah, his yeah. toes in the little mini bear bear traps. Julian Julian Assange. Yeah, Julian Assange. How dare you? How dare you? It is what he looks like. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. It feels like they just made a list of like, oh, this would look fucked up. Yeah, of course. And I'm like, that's fine, but like make it make sense. Just join it together with some sort of story or something. Cause if you're like hey, he's got to find this. And the reason they did this is this. And that's why he has razor blades for ankles. Okay, cool. Because like, it's not bothering me or scaring me. Like, I'm not flinching. I'm just like, cool blood, I guess. I need something to motivate me to watch this person survive. Because after a while, when he had like, when he'd walked through like his fourth room of weird shit, I was just like, you know what? I'm rooting for the collector at this point. This guy put a lot of work in. He does. Like, but even down to before the collector gets there, when she's like putting the Botox in her head, I was like, they're clearly just trying to visually put stuff here to make people uncomfortable. And if you're not triggered by it, then you're just like, when is this over? I guess. I don't think you should see Saltburn. Oh, I am. I am planning on it, especially because <laughs> they were like, he fucks a grave. And I'm like, I'm. Okay. Pretty much the same thing. Without the gross out factor, it would just be like, eh, it's okay. Well, then maybe I won't like it. But I, I was like, they were like, he fucks a grave. I was like, let's go. <laughs> like Somebody call Mary Shelley. Weird, weird shit. Yeah. I don't know. And a bunch of people are like, he's kind of hot. And I was like, um, cool for you. <laughs> Not my thing, I don't think. So for me, this is the second time I've seen this movie. So I um We'll like boil it down to I hated it the first time we watched it because it was so scary. Like I was yeah. legitimately scared by this movie. I didn't care for it a lot super this time, but largely for the same reasons. Like I was really grossed out by the body horror stuff. It had been so long since I saw it. I did not remember where all the jump scares were. There were a few that ah. stuck with me. I did remember, but like three of them still got me uh, or maybe two of them still got me. Um, so like it was not a fun experience this time. I was really hoping that it would be like a one or a two because I would remember everything. But because my brain just doesn't hold on to details like that, <laughs> uh, I yeah, I played myself and this movie was terrifying yet again. But Mikey, I, I feel like if I wasn't bothered by those things, I would agree with you. Like, I think that this is a very cool premise, especially for the time. But Paige, I do wish it had like. At the end of this movie, I wish I knew more about the killer. That's what I need. Yes. Yeah, that's what I need from this. And I feel like we had plenty of time to do that during the 100. like 30 minutes where he like at two different points is in a fist fight with the guy and lives. Like he I don't fist fights <laughs> him four different times and lives. Hell yeah. Yeah. Cut two of them. Like how long can you die hard in a residential house? That's what like, I'm saying. So long. It's a big house. Michael Myers. You don't know anything about Michael Myers, the first film. No, you learn a ton about Michael Myers in the first film. Yeah, you know who he, you know his name. And the sanitarium and all of the, and the murder. And the, that dude didn't last very long at the beginning of that movie. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. This is like dog soldiers, <laughs> where at a certain point, they've attacked the house the same way three different times. And you're like, we're going in circles here. Nothing has changed. 
that same thing in this movie, except this movie is only 92 minutes long. And so when you're like, okay, if we took two of the fist fights out and one of the rooms out, that's almost 30 minutes. And this movie wouldn't even be an hour long. And I would know the same amount about the killer that I do in the 92 minute version. Yeah. That's what's driving me crazy. Well, I, and I, I definitely get that. This makes this, this movie, I feel I have the same feelings for as another movie I should make you revisit. Shocker. Oh, oh Mikey. Jesus Christ. Why didn't you pick that one too? Oh. <laughs> Shocker's weird, with it, but I understand Shocker more because it's 80s bonkers. Paige, I think you'd legit love Shocker. It's crazy. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, I'm saying I saw it. I, I, I respect your criticisms. I just really like it despite the criticisms because I like sure. the premise a lot and I like the franchise and I want, I want more franchises where people fight the villains more. <laughs> <laughs> I, but that, I get yes, but change it every time. Like, don't just have him fist fight the guy the same way four times, which this movie does. Like, have him fist fight him one time and then the next time be like, oh, he can't see out of his mask when he turns this way. I should plan and do this. That way, at least your main guy has more agency. And as he's learning about your antagonist, you as the audience are learning and that gives us more information even if it's not explicit that's what i need i just need him to try and learn and not just get in four fist fights i love fist fights <laughs> also why does he have cat eyes does it ever explain that one what's with the collector's eyes it doesn't but it's cool as shit like i love it's freaky. Yeah, i love the mask in this he's got a good mask he i think does. he's got I think because he if you notice in the first thing, you wouldn't notice unless it's a rewatch. So he's the exterminator with the mask on. His eyes don't shine like that. I did notice that. Yeah, they they don't. But also, if you notice when he's wearing his mask, because I noticed this, his eyes are kind of bulgy. Yeah. yeah. To the point where it looks like he has almost some sort of deformity, which we definitely would have noticed as the exterminator earlier, but is not. So is that part of the mask? What's the mask made of? He ties it, but then when the guy pulls it, it's like knit. A regular mask, yeah. Yeah, because I'm like, or I need him to find out they're the exterminators and find the van and then be like, oh my God, this is worse than I thought and then get back into it. Like, Well, okay, headcanon, that would explain all your criticisms. If that mask is a version of the mask, he could put it on as an evil the mask and be able to build all of those traps very quickly. Oh my that god. That is true. I actually love that reading. Um, <laughs> I, I, that would work. Yeah, this is just the sequel to Son of the Mask is what you're saying? Uh, uh, well, I mean, they said there's other masks in the mask and it, if it changes his eyes too, I think that I think that proves it, Mikey. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel that. like there's not enough on the screen to support that. I, like, I think so. I like... I just here all I needed, even if you kept everything else the same, I just need our main character to start to learn some things about the villain and then try to take actions based on that, which he does not. He stumble bubbles his way through this entire house. He does. Yes. The sequel was supposed to be the collected. I think it's the collection, right? It is the collection, though. It is the collection. Yeah, that's what it's called. No, The third one is the collected and it had mm. some stills come out, which I liked, but uh, he learns a lot. So, I mean, what I, and, and again, I don't want to say like the sequel's better or anything, but he, I like the franchise. It clearly is based on what you've told me. <laughs> well, the, like, but he's like, I mean, he, he admits a lot of this stuff like, hey, I got my fucking ass kicked. 
sure in the house and he learns a lot from that and talks about it in the I, but you could have that without him getting the shit kicked out of him a lot I, I, I just like how it all puts it together and I, I, I like this film it's simple not a lot of thinking involved. It's nice. I mean, I think that's my problem. It's not enough thinking. I, I'm constantly thinking and looking for things in movies and trying to figure it out and solve the puzzle. So if there's no puzzle, I'm like, why? Why? Why am I here? Well, the horror genre is going to be a big disappointment to you because it's, <laughs> it's usually not, pretty stupid. <laughs> it's not because it, because here's the thing. A lot of horror movies, even small, low budget ones or simple ones or bonkers ones, have more to them as far as like who's thinking of what i disagree i mean i think there's more to this film than there is the terrifiers and uh, i mean that's fair that's accurate never seen a terrifier <laughs> so i don't know but i do think what you're saying is Paige, horror can be and has shown it can be great sure and have amazing stories 100%. but what mikey is saying that a lot of movies aren't that way. No. And it's nice to have a good version of the ones that aren't that way. Yes, yes. Yeah. But let's just go through the movies scene by scene. I think we're going to have differences in how we feel ultimately. Yes. Uh, anyway, we open on a house. A car pulls in. And I think they were drunk driving home. But it's a drunk husband and wife. He does look like Julian Assange. Uh, and they look like they are going to bone it out. Like they've come home from a gallery opening drunk on wine. <laughs> okay. So Julian Assange has this look but i think it's later than after this movie comes out so i think julian assage wanted to be this guy he right? wanted to be larry yeah because <laughs> he got trapped in a box in london or whatever i don't know yeah that box is the ecuadorian embassy i believe if i don't <laughs> yeah, correctly yeah. Yeah. If, if memory serves um but they, they're just you know hey they're coming home from a nice night they're about to get freaky but she walks over to the bedroom he goes to turn on the lights all the lights are out. All the light bulbs are out. And there's a box in the bedroom. And there's a note that says, for the collection. And there's someone inside it. We don't know who, but as they scream, someone covers his mouth and pulls him away. I would get the fuck out of my house so quickly. A hundred. As soon as someone, I realized somebody had taken the light bulbs and turned the electric. Bye. No. Gone. Oh, well, I'd be like, oh, is the electricity out? But as soon as I'd be like, that's not my trunk. Goodbye. Yeah, gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But literally, no sooner have they opened, because they opened the trunk. Would you open the trunk? Absolutely fucking not. No. Never. No, I would have literally hoofed it out of the door. That's another thing in this movie is when he's robbed. Well, I'll save it for when we get yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there are some parts of this movie that are very accurate human reactions and other parts that are completely unrealistic. But they open the trunk and somebody grabs them. Smash cut to credits that go on so long. Paige, ask me how I felt about the credits. You hated them, I'm sure. They were terrible. Yeah. It was, and they go on uh, for like eight minutes of a 92-minute movie. I know. It honestly feels like we are watching like, was it the like early 90s where like TV shows had like full-ass second verse songs yes, as like yes. their openings it felt like we were watching like an intro title sequence that was like too long for like a tv show oh my god well and it doesn't give us information it's a lot of like a dude walking around and yeah. then like bugs and whatever now on a second watch i'm sure you're like oh bugs because the the exterminator cool i wish i knew more of that like you know well and also when he cuts his chest and puts the roaches in a glass right thing, then, i love that he just 
just had like pocket roaches. I was like, all right, that dude's got a story about pocket roaches. I want to hear. He's heating them so the roaches crawl inside, which is something people used to do with rats. But like, here's the thing. If I had known it was the exterminator, that would have held more weight. But because I don't know the exterminator, I'm just like, man, this guy's really creative at torturing, I guess. You know, so like, yeah, it changes the way you view those scenes. I guess my point with the roaches was he was just carrying roaches on his person. Yeah, he's an exterminator. That, yeah, bro. That is a weird thing for even an exterminator to do. He's a collector. Well, it's this is going to sound terrible. It's way less weird for a torture guy to do. Exactly. Like, I think definitely when he was holding on to roaches, like, on his body to torture someone with, that's not an exterminator thing. That's a murderer thing. That's a torture guy thing. And yeah. I was like, oh, creepy. All right. You know, whatever. Because <laughs> I thought of that as, like, because at that point, because I had no information, I was trying to create information where I was like, does he prey on people's biggest fears? And I was like, well, maybe that's why he's got the bugs and stuff, because, like, that's what people are scared of, or the fish hooks, because it, like... You know, tactily, that would make you uncomfortable. But then, no, <laughs> she's just a guy, I guess. Anyway, yeah. we cut to uh, a horribly color-corrected shot, like a long shot of trees. Thank you, The Matrix, for ruining every movie for 14 years after it. It drove me nuts. I was like, this is so bad. It's the worst. When they put him in the ambulance and it, it basically oh. goes like photo negative, I was like, Fucking Matrix, man. Fucking hate the Matrix. <laughs> anyway, so we meet our main character, Arkin, like Orkin, but not. Yeah, like Alan Arkin, except yeah, just yeah. Arkin. Yeah. Just Arkin. Yeah. And they're asking him to install window bars on this house. Really going to tank the resale value, but sure. <laughs> and we see him kind of throughout the house looking at like their photos, looking at like where all their stuff is. We do see the the wife inject her own head with Botox. Yes. Have a professional do that. Just saying. Be safe. I mean, she honestly might be a professional. We know nothing about her. We know nothing about her. That's true. She might be someone who does that. I, I forget what they're, they're called, but. She might be. Here's the most interesting thing about this film. I think it's, I don't remember what scene they say it. The grandmother was the first state attorney general. And I was like, that's an interesting, weird fact to throw in. Yes. It's like two scenes from now. It's when Jill says why her name is Jill. Why her name is Jill. Ah. Because it was her grandmother yeah. who was the first attorney general in the state, which never comes up at any point. We never even see a photo I, of that grandmother. <laughs> I was just like, that's so specific. We don't even know what state it is. Well, I guess we could look it up. Uh <laughs> it's in the state of disrepair now. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we do learn that the dad is a jewel broker. So he brokers the sales of gems, which is a real job. For Chase Jewelry, which is a real jeweler, right? No, uh, but he it's his last name. So it's implied that like he ah. owns the jewelry brokerage that he works for. I'm sure there might be a place called Chase Jewelry, but like it's not like a, it's not Tom Shane of the Shane Company. <laughs> you got a friend in the diamond business. Tom Shane was my grandfather. And also the <laughs> yeah. second attorney general of the state. No, I'm <laughs> he also sits down to have a tea party with the little girl in the house. Now, this did creep me out originally because I'm like, I I would not want someone interacting that closely with my child uh, in yeah. this scenario. I do think that dad acts a little bit like a jerk, but he is fully entitled to in this moment. I think it's an appropriate reaction. 100%. I thought it was appropriate as well. I do think even by the end of the scene, when he like explains, oh, I have a daughter that age. I finished your sure. door and she invited me 
to the tea party. He's just like, yeah, good. Okay, but it's over now. Yeah. But get away. Like, go go away now. Like, I love the way he yeah. is, like, through the whole scene, like, annoyed that he is having to have this conversation. Right. Yeah. And he does brush a spider off of her cup or whatever, which, between the spiders and the wasps, it's like, okay, we know the exterminators are there, but they're not really doing anything. And I think that's meant to explain, like, oh, this is when he's setting stuff up. But everything he sets up is so elaborate, there's no way you would not notice it. So it's still impossible. Paige, in order to pull it off, he would have to have a team of, like, 70 people. Yeah, and, like, a week and a half. It's like Extreme Home Makeover Jigsaw Edition, where it's, like, <laughs> Ty Pennington and Jigsaw. Yes. And they have yes. seven days to trap yes. that. House. If the one guy from Queer Eye can do all of that in a house, this guy can make some traps. They have teams. Not only does Queer Eye have teams, they get almost two months to do all of that stuff every time, and they're doing multiples at a time. So, like the idea that someone in let's say four to eight hours. I don't. I don't think he was setting up the trap. I think he was waiting for everyone else to leave so he could put on the mask and turn into the collector. Because he's got the mask. And that's when he can set everything. It's got to be that, page. That's the only thing that would make sense. It's the only way. It has to be a continuation of the Dark Horse comics, The Mask. Yeah. Well, and and because like I was like, okay, Exterminator maybe could gain entry to the house. He's casing the house. The, the same thing. Of course, Arkin's doing the same as a contractor. That's fair. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. But then when you like see the stairs with all the screws and I'm like, that's conservatively like a thousand screws that he would have had to individually screw up through the stairs. If you look closely, it's a it's a it's boards with screws on it that he puts on the stairs. It's not not in the stairs. It has has to be in the stairs because the boards don't move they don't like otherwise when people stepped on them yeah you would just slide down the stairs you would on slide those down, boards you take the boards with yeah. you i mean not that that would be good either but that's not what happens this man has glue plus the razor wire plus the chandelier like all of these things take so much time. Anyway, regardless. It only makes sense if they all leave at like noon. He knocks the family out with either like gas or whatever. Sure. And then has 10 hours to set up. Even then it's stretching it. Not even 10. Not even 10. There's no, he needs a week. He, if Especially if it's just him. Unless he has a team, he needs a fucking week. Yeah. I wish that the movie set it up where he comes back the next night, like 24 hours later. Sure. So you think less about that. Of like, okay, he's yeah, trapped yeah, yeah. this family in this house for a weekend to torture them. Right. Because like, I like the premise of like, I'm going to be in this house with you for a weekend and just torture the fuck out of you and kill you. That's an interesting, terrifying concept. I would say it's terrifying, yes. I mean, that's that's your home invasions. And I, I th they're hit or miss for me because, like, I like a home invasion movie that is grounded in reality where it's not just I'm going to torture you for the fucking fun of it. It's I'm trying to accomplish or steal something. And I am also worried about getting caught. But now I'm a desperate person in a desperate situation. And that's going to be dangerous for both of us. Like that to me is so much scarier because I feel like that is likely to happen. I think the people who break into houses to torture people, you usually die pretty soon into that. And it's not as common as you would think um, just statistically. Like, so it's not a, a fear that like is planted in my head. The fear in my head is a kid on meth breaks into my house and is reactive and does something they would regret because they were in an altered state. 
Like that's my fear for like a home invasion movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I home invasions are particularly terrifying. So not a fan. Right. Yeah. Agreed. So uh, he goes outside to finish putting the bars on the windows. And it is implied at this point that it's the end of the day. Like it's kind of sunset. And when he gets to the bowling alley to see his daughter later, he was six hours late. So he'd like been there all day or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And he does ask the little girl, like, what would a kid like? And so I, I think he probably made a detour or whatever. Yeah. To get the little stuff. It's a bunny, right? Baskin bear. It's a little bear. Oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, and he does encounter a wasp's nest. Uh, and he so as he's leaving, he warns the exterminators like, hey, there's a wasp nest by the greenhouse. And the exterminator is just like, thumbs up. OK. And he's like, all right. And so he goes to his truck. He's like, I put it there. Yeah. Yeah. On purpose. He's like, you found Reggie. Yeah. Uh, but this is where Jill walks up so that they can talk. Because she's a delinquent and I'm sure she's like, daddy would hate me flirting with the help. That's, you know. I mean, that is 100% her vibe though, Paige. 100% what she is. The guy she's dating, I think is older than Arkin. I think so too. I think the guy she's dating like graduated with her dad from high school. Like He had very nice <laughs> eyes though. I was kind of like, ooh. Oh, of course, of course Paige is like into it. Of course Paige is like, oh, he's great. I love him. He's not, I'm not saying he's great. He did have very pretty blue eyes though. <laughs> Anyway. Oh my God. Just saying. I notice things. I'm a detail person. His eyes are up here. That's where I was looking. They're actually on the side of the, the wall from that bear trap. Well, now they are. Yeah, that bear trap squeezed them out for sure. Well, yeah. But that, and here's the thing I love a good bear trap kill, right? Like, who doesn't? In, yeah. in Prey, when the predator throws a bear trap at somebody, like, come on. It's great. Love bear traps. Love it. Mikey's looking for one, ladies. That's not what that means, I don't. Because you're the bear they want to trap. You know what I'm saying? No, but, but bear would imply gay. I don't. No, not. That's not what that means, Todd. Yeah. What if we just pretended like it was for the bit? <laughs> I'm not going to pretend I'm a bear because I, I don't want to be the Harry Styles of horror podcast. <laughs> Mikey, can you give me a little roar? I'm not going to pretend that I don't know gay <laughs> slang. I have a street cred to uphold. Now. I think this girl's an adult, I hope. Yes, I think she's an adult, too. I think she's, like, 20 or maybe 19-ish. 19, yeah. Okay. I thought, like, back from, like, first year of college for the summer, definitely trying to piss off her dad who married a younger woman and they have a kid together. Right. So I'm, like, rebelling against that that new franchise my dad is putting up or whatever. Well, and that's the whole, like, I'm not going on vacation with you. Yes. And then she takes off in her own car and no one goes after her. They're just like, right. I guess that's her choice. So, yeah, I got the impression that she was at least, like, 18-ish or, you know, late 17, whatever. Enough to have a car. She's naked in this movie. So, like, let's just say 18. 18, at least 18 yeah come and go as she pleases yeah anyway she goes back inside and literally picks a fight with her stepmom yeah and tells him she's gonna do it but anyway the dad comes out cuts him a check and is like i put a little extra on there because you've got a kid and i know how tough that can be spend some time with the kid over these next couple weeks while we're on vacation and so you're not working I'll see you in a couple weeks after the trip. We cut to the bowling alley where his daughter and I believe girlfriend, partner of some sort. They don't really get into it. I they get don't the vibe get into that it. they're not like together anymore. Baby mama. Yeah, ba baby mama. Yeah. And it implies that 
she works there, I think, at yes. the bowling alley. So I think he was picking up his daughter at work, at her work. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was supposed to take her that night, but because he was late, now she's at mom's work. And he does give her that teddy bear, but he does not have enough money to give to his baby mama to pay off the people that she has taken loans from. And at this point, I was like, this movie is dramatic and wild, and I'm kind of here for it, right? Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, I wrote in my notes, oh, I know why Mikey loves this movie, because essentially it's about a like good dude whose ex, who he has a kid with, puts him in like pr- a precarious situation, and he like saves a girl and takes her out of it. Like, I get why Mikey loves this movie. But he then is like, okay, this is how much I have. I can get you the rest by midnight. And she's like, if you don't, me and your daughter are going to leave for our own safety. So the people I owe money to can't come after us. Yeah. He calls on a payphone because this is 2009, apparently, which yes. still would not have had that many payphones if you listen to the serial podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> Most of them were removed by 2009. It was a key point in the case. Yeah. But this is probably rural. Rule. Well, that happened in Baltimore. Yeah. The problem is, where did the trunk pop happen, guys? Was it in the Best Buy parking lot? Nobody knows. Is it in Poughkeepsie Park? Uh, No. (laughs) Clearly, Paige and I are true crime nerds, surprising fucking nobody that my brain held on to that fact that I haven't heard in years. It's been years since I listened to that. I do not remember anything about (laughs) Serial. I've been currently, (laughs) I still follow the case because there have been developments. Anyway, so we don't know where this movie's taking place. Maybe they still have payphones. Anyway, um, he calls Morpheus. Yes. To come pick him up to rob well, the house. You should know because of the the filters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's red and blue and I was like, "Okay, okay, so he's a hacker?" <laughs> also, it's not Morpheus because I mean, it's it's not Lawrence Fishburne, right. but it definitely is a dude dressed like Morpheus. <laughs> right. There's a like, lot of leather and sunglasses at night. Yeah, and a whole lot of like what are you? What's your plan? You had an agreement with us. I actually recognize that actor. Yes, who played that guy? That's his. His name is Robert Wisdom. Oh, really? I. What yeah. else has he been in? Because this guy kind of looked like too short to me. Most recently, he was in like a bunch of Barry episodes. That's what I recognize oh. him from. And he looks exactly the same, even though it's like twelve years later. But yeah, that's him. Well, and then they like made him angry for some reason, like. Arkin was pretty much like, I'm going to rob this stone when you buy it. And this guy's like, they have like a, you already have the conflict with the wife or the baby mama. You don't right. need the extra, my gym dealer is also mad or whatever. Unless unless it's the gen, the gem dealer that he, she owes money to, like he's also a loan shark or whatever. Like you don't need him to be mad at him. Like you don't need that. Or make him the loan shark. Exactly. Just go ahead and do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But this actually made sense to me. In a crime sense, right? Because if you are stealing valuables, right? Unless you find money in a safe, you don't. It's not just you like I have gems that yeah. equals money. You need a fence, and so I thought he was the fence. So for him to be like, I want forty percent right now. That's demanding cash of the fence that the fence doesn't have because the fence hasn't sold your gem yet. Yeah, they'd be fronting you. Yeah. And in this situation, he doesn't have the stone yet. He has to go steal it. Right. So if he fronted him that money, he gave that money to his ex. 
and then got arrested. Like, yeah, he's out. The fence is out that money. Right. Exactly. But exactly. Paige, that would make more sense. That that would make more sense. <laughs> Which I guess is sort of what's happening. That's kind of what ha- what's happening. I'm still in it for at, at yeah. this point in the movie. I was like, oh, there's a fence. And then she owes people. I was like, this is like a crime drama. And yeah. I was in it. I did think it was funny that they like choose to torture Arkin the way like G. Gordon Liddy would freak people out at parties. Just by burning the hair off their hand, yes. Well, no, he would like stick his hand over a flame and leave it there for like minutes until his flesh was like burning. Yeah. Because dude's a sociopath. Yeah. Dude was fucked up. But yeah, I was like, man, G. Gordon Liddy would laugh if you did that to him in the back of a car. Because he's a terrible person. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Him, him and Kissinger just like, you know, buddying up. Just making out in hell. <laughs> so <laughs> they they agree to a 40% stake instead of the 50. Take it or leave it. He's like, I'll take it. I'll see you later tonight. Yeah. So he goes to the house. And at this point, we are only 20 minutes into the movie. Everything I have described happens in like 18 minutes and 40 seconds, which from a pacing and plot standpoint is fantastic. So I was like, hell yes. He gets into the house. He picks the lock and the alarm. Now, he does seem to be trying to break into this safe with like one of those rave things that measures the decibels of house music. (laughs) You mean like a computer page? No, no, no. Like a static electricity (laughs) thing, like those globes that when you put your fingers on it, it like zaps at your fingers. It looks like something that would be sold in a Spencer's at this time. I mean, this is a low budget movie. It might have been. It might have been. He's like turning the dial and it's like. And I was like, (laughs) I don't know why they just didn't give him like a stethoscope and just like let him be a cat burglar. Well, especially because multiple times throughout the movie, he finds like paper clips and stuff and is like, you know, cutting, getting out of shackles and stuff, which, by the way, way more interesting than like. If he's that good at picking locks, because that's what the movie posits that he is, is, is he's he's a safe man. Yeah. Like, the, we could have seen that in so many other ways that would have been fucking fascinating and really interesting that it's like, okay, what do you do with a guy that you're trying to capture that is impervious to locks, basically? Yeah, I mean, it would be feasibly understandable for me to, like, think, okay, he's sneaking around because... The collector is locking the rooms he's not in, knowing that that's where the funnel of the trap is going, right? Right, But right. Arkin is immune to that, because he can pick the lock, get in the room, and then relock it, and then do whatever he needs to do in that room. Right. But that's not at all what's happening in the movie. No. But that would be a, a very cool way to use his cat burglary nature. Yes. Right. Which is what they do. The se- I feel like the sequel, I feel like the when they went out to make this film, they're like, we want to make a torture porn movie. Yeah. And then they accidentally came upon concepts that are really interesting and cool. And then they're like, people only love our movie because of these concepts, not the torture. And then the second film, yeah. they lean way more into the concepts. Yeah. See, this is what I'm saying. I think you love the second movie. <laughs> and this one is what you need to get there. The second film's not amazing either, but it's like, I like them both. I, 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 I do like them both. All right. Anyway, so he, as he's picking the lock, he hears someone enter the house, which would be terrifying. Yeah. And at this point, I was like, oh, because that's an immediate level up of the stakes, right? Somebody's breaking in. They think they're the only one there. No one's supposed to be home. Who the fuck is in the house? I mean, at, at worst case, at worst case, you think it could be the husband. It's the homeowners. Right? Yes. So like right. when it's not and it's like 
a killer, that's like, oh my God, what the fuck is happening? Right. And that's like when the movie is like, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm here for this. And then it gets scary and I don't like it. Anyway, so <laughs> the, this to me is, is the peak of the scariness when you don't yeah. know who it is. Yeah. So he immediately closes the safe back up and hides. But the person who's in the house follows to literally exactly where he was, which Again, we never see that the collector has cameras or anything, but the collector seems to always kind of know where he is, which I was like, that, how does, how's that happening? But I don't know. I can hear people walking around the house. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, know, I assumed it was sort of that. Sure. That's fair. That's fair. And there are times where it's more stormy out. And those are the times where they are sort of like missing each other. Right. Because they can't hear each other. Like, cause Arkin is being sneaky. Yeah. Right. So in my mind, the way I explain that away is, okay, he was only able to sneak because it was stormy during that, that moment. And then when it's not stormy, the collector sort of knows where he is most of the time. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I'll, I'll accept that as an answer. Yeah. But the one thing, and this movie does it twice, and it's a really cool effect that Malignant also does, and it's the overhead blueprint shot of the house where you're seeing that they're like coming into doors and they're just missing each other. And the only downside to that is is that we only get it those two times and we don't have a good establishing sense of the layout of the house. So it's when you have a really good establishing layout of the house, you can get freaked out by like, oh God, he's right there. Yeah. But because we don't really know where anything in the house is, there's never a point where you're like, he's right there. You're just like, he could be anywhere, I guess. So like he's here or he's not here. I don't know. But the overhead shots are cool. The other movie that does that really well is uh, The Conjuring 2 uh, does it really well. But it, it establishes the whole house. Yeah. Not just how he gets out of this room. Yes. Because the establishing here is really just that one little area of the house. Right. Showing that the collector came to the door. He got into like the... I think that's the uh, like adjoining like a closet closet. Yeah, bathroom, maybe something, or bathroom, yeah. but it's got a door to the hallway. Right. So like the collector goes in the bedroom as he goes into the hallway. So they miss each other. Right. Which the one I was like, this is very cool. But wouldn't the collector hear the doors? Yes. The, yeah, they would. Like, I, I mean, you do sort of have to suspend your disbelief on that. Yeah. I chose to say it was stormy out. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah. It was stormy out. <laughs> it was. It was. They they do a point to show that, Mikey. They I'm not making that. that up. Yeah. I think looking back, I think he knows the little girl is loose in the house. And so he's kind of enjoying the cat and mouse of like what trap is the little girl? The collector or yes. Yeah, the collector okay. is the collector. Yeah. So like every time he hears a noise, I think he thinks it's the little girl. That makes sense. So he's not like super overly concerned, or he's like, What trap is she gonna do? Or whatever. And he may not know that it's Arkin yet. That makes yes. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does seem though that he pretty quickly, literally in this very next scene, sees Arkin and and then the illusion is shattered. Because if it was, is it the little girl or a man? He doesn't know there's a man. That's really interesting. I thought I thought it builds up. I I mean I just watched it, but I I thought that and until when he breaks the dad out or the the wife. Yeah, no, no, no. It's literally the very next scene he sees him. So he like shuts the safe. He goes to hide. He just misses them, and then the collector seems to go down into the basement. So Arkin knows the collector is here and around. Yeah, he hears screaming from the vent in the basement, which the collector is probably doing to try and lure the girl out. Right. I assume so as well. Yeah, and. Arkin goes downstairs and this is where the guy like f the dad falls out of that basement door, hits the floor and is 
screaming because, of course, he doesn't know who's attacking him. So he kind of assumes it's Arkin. He does. Almost immediately. Yeah. And like the dad is still mobile enough that he picks up a golf club, but that's attached to a, like it's a, a trip wire that like right. pulls him through that again. And fucking impossible. Pulls him through the house. It's it's cool, though, man, because it pulls him up to above the stairs and then drops him to the bottom floor. like And, like, breaks his ribs as he, like, hits yeah. the, the banister. It's a fucking brutal trap. Like, if this is not Kevin McAllister, <laughs> yeah. like, if Macaulay Culkin is not revealed to be the collector in the third one, I'll be upset. And, and here's the thing. At this point, I'm still in it. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay. Like, I again, it's impossible to set this up, but sure. I think your problem with it is there's only so many bells you can ring in a locked room. Yes. Right? And this this movie establishes the locked room right here and we're, right. until pretty much the end of the movie, right? Right. And they ring the same bell a bunch yes. while we're in here. It's not different things. They go back to the same thing over and over. Exactly. So I get that. Yeah, I get it. And it is just for the torture porn aspect of it, honestly. Right. And so at this point, he picks up the phone and it like, stabs him and and he's like okay i gotta get out of the house realizes that he's locked in yeah he avoids a trip wire now here's the thing the collector came to get the dad and drag him back into the basement yeah so arkin knows that he's there and for the next like five minutes he and the collector are kind of circling each other through the house yeah as arkin is kind of making his way and we're getting a chance to see all the traps. He's, see, see, he's searching the doors, trying to find a way out, basically. Right. He's got the gym. Yeah. This is where we get the hand thing, right? Where he, the, This is where we get the hand thing with the razor blades. He sticks his hand out the window to like see if he can like figure out what's going on and he can like unlock it and open it or whatever. And his hand gets stuck on literally razor blades. Right. And he has to pull his hand back through it, like shaving the skin off of it. Oh, well, first he opens the, the he puts the phone with the nail into his ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think still is the weirdest to me. The, that one hurt the most for uh, my insides for some reason. I have sensitive ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we, I've been on a, a law and order binge and somebody tried to stab Carisi in the ear on the last episode I watched. So it was like ears to ears, back to back. I don't like ear torture either. But this is where we kind of set up all of the diff, uh, like a lot of the different traps right yeah but of these traps that like the four or five big ones that we see in the scene two of them never pay off like the stairs with all the screws no one falls on them it like they do a fake out at one point of like is he is he not going to and then the razor wire room which again i just want i want it to be like the net and predator where it just chops somebody into chunks that would have been awesome but we we do get checkoffs stairs and razor blade room that never pay off and that is weird yeah yeah anyway so at this point, he's checking all the windows, but he, of course, put the bars on them. Oops. And he tries to walk into the tripwire room or the razor wire room and it like cuts his cheek, which is a very cool sequence. So he backs out. It is very cool. But I wanted to see him walk through it like Catherine Zeta-Jones in that movie with the... Uh, oh, that would be too much. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> entrapment. Entrapment. That's it, yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones, she dips beneath lasers. Yeah, that, that oh. movie, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it is where she met her husband, I think, yeah. Anyway, the one... Th and this is... I don't think it's a continuity error. I think it's just because we didn't have a good establishing layout of the house. He comes down a set of stairs. He looks around a room. He scans all these things. And then he turns back around to go back upstairs. And the stairs have screws on them. And they look 
like the same stairs. Uh, and I think it's more just that there are two staircases. Yes. But we have not quite established how, where, and when they move. So for a hot second, I was like, did he put screws in the stairs while the guy was looking at the other traps? <laughs> no, you have the stairwell. You have the stairwell with the knife chandelier, and you have the other yes. stairwell by the kitchen. I guess. Yeah. That has the screws. Yes. Yeah. 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 So he goes down into the basement, and this is where he's trying to help the dad, and then sees the wife. So I guess, I guess it's not that the collector knows that he's there. It's that he knows the collector is there. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And we're about to establish. Yeah, the collector comes, I think, increasingly concerned that the child is either crazily good, skilled, or someone else is in the house. Right. Because he's like, how'd this person get loose? It's cool to see the collector being, like, thrown off. The collector's like, is this child fucking MacGyver? Like, how is this happening? <laughs> yeah. 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 So he does ungag the wife, who we see that the the duct tape is stapled to her head. Yeah, man. I love how she was like, can you take off the duct tape? Can you take off my eye thing? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not touching your face. Sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah. Sorry. You got staples in your head. I don't, I don't want to fuck anything up. I'm sorry. It's going to stay that way for a second. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But she says that Jill, the teenage daughter left before these guys got here because she doesn't know that it's the exterminator. So she's like, okay, Jill is out of the house. She's safe. And he's like, I have been around the house and I haven't seen Hannah. So I think maybe she's gone too. And she's like, no, Hannah's in the house. So he goes to talk to the husband. He's like, you got to get my gun. It's in the safe. And it is the safe he was trying to open earlier, but now he has the combination. Yeah. And he tells him where the bullets are, although we will find out, ain't no bullets. Ain't no bullets in that gun. He still uses it, though. He does. He pistol whips somebody. You cannot show a gun in a movie and not use it. And I do like how they play on that trope. That is fun. Because he uses the gun, but doesn't shoot the gun. He doesn't shoot anybody, yeah. But it still feels like a payoff because he does use it, you know? Right. Now- Arkin three times says, hey, don't scream. And then oh, they all yeah. scream and get murdered. They all scream. Yeah, man. Well, except in this scene where he's like, I need you to scream. Yes. So that he comes down here and I can sneak back up the stairs. And she's like, well, if I scream, he'll hurt me. And, and he's like, yeah, but like, just stop screaming when he gets here and maybe he won't or whatever. <laughs> like, Well, or it's like, it's him. It's you or your daughter, basically. And and she's like, my daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think she would have done it either way. Yeah. Yeah. Now she screams. They do the switcheroo because the collector comes down. Arkin goes up and the collector tries to like cut her tongue out and he doesn't. He doesn't do it, but he does later on sew her mouth shut. But that's much later in the movie. Anyway. Oh, God, that scene. Oh, but this is where he basically disembowels the husband. Yeah, he cuts. He starts by cutting his ear off. But the next time we see the husband, that dude is super dead. Oh, yeah, it, it is like legs that go up into a torso with like all the arms and. And the head removed. Well, but it's it's also his intestines are all over the floor. Yeah, it's so it's, like dude has been full disemboweled. Yeah, it's it's so gross. I hated it so much. But so that gives Arkin time to go upstairs. He gets the gun. He gets into the safe. He gets the stone. He does steal the stone when he gets the gun. The magic stone. He romances the stone. Yes. <laughs> but then he goes to find bullets. No bullets. But he hears something in the closet, and he's like, "Oh, maybe that's Hannah." Goes to the closet and there's a box. He opens it. Nope. It's the guy from before. It's Julian Assange. It is Julian Assange. It's so weird. Well, and he's like, hey, uh, do you know the chases? Like, do you know these people? And he's like, I have no idea who these people are. I don't even know where I am. 
And this is the only information we really get about the collector. It's like he collects people. And if he doesn't want you, he just kills you. You never leave the house alive. But if he wants you, he puts you in a box and I guess takes you everywhere like luggage. Yeah. So this is really the only thing we learn about the collector is he collects one person from every visit. Right. It doesn't say one. It doesn't say one. It says whoever he wants. It just he only had we don't know how many how many you know, chess, you know, hope chess he has in his truck. That's fair. Yeah, we don't know who he's going to collect. It's just who he wants. Right. That's all we learn. But if you are there and he doesn't expect you to be there, like you're not someone he wants to collect, he will just kill you. Well, maybe because I think he does, at least at the end of this movie, it seems like he collects Arkin. I think Arkin proved himself a worthy opponent. Yes. And Moriarty wanted his Sherlock. That's what I took it as. But that, yeah. but because of that, I was like, now I, I want to know more about the game. Like, yeah. is it, are you a worthy opponent? Is it who lasts the longest? Would he have collected the little girl instead? Like, what? But you don't you don't know any of that. Anyway, uh, he puts that guy back in the box, which twice I it, like it boggled my mind that he was like, oh, my God, he doesn't try to save that guy at all ever until he's tried it and failed to save everybody else. Yeah. And he's like, I guess this guy. Uh, but he goes to open the window and walks into a floor that seems to be covered in like acid, but also glue because it's like smoking because at first it looks like just like a rat trap, basically yeah. on the floor. But then it's like smoking and burning. Well, this is definitely the ooze that created the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> sure. But again, this is where because this goes on for so long and it's so unnecessary. Well, you could tell that this is somebody i don't know if it was the writer the director the producer somebody was like you know it'd be cool acid glue blah blah, blah and then like sets out this whole scene because it is overly done yeah uh but you can just tell it was one of their torture ideas that became a big showcase of the movie it plays out more like a gremlins sequence though like the way it like looks on film i think yes 100 percent. i also i i feel like the cat only serves to pad the kill count and to trip that wire. Yeah. Because everything else that they establish of like, because it's burning through his shoes and stuff. It's like where he has to like the floor is lava. All of that is independent of the cat. But instead we get like three minutes of a cat being like actively acid burned alive and then pulled off the glue leaving parts of its body in the glue and then thrown towards the window where it trips the wire and it cuts it in half. And I'm just like, all of that was, a, why are we doing that? This is just painful and gross and sad and makes me dislike this even more. Yeah. Unnecessary. I didn't love this either. I also really hated that he was like, oh, I see that uh, that trap out there. So if I, if I tried to go out the window, it would cut my head. Oh, look, there's a cat here. Let me throw him and see if I can set off the trap. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he saw it. He planned it out. He killed that cat on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I not great. So. I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. But I like I, I like movies that kill the pets. I, you like it because that is realistic to what would actually happen in real life. And I get that. Like, I have a lot of animals and I don't like it. So I understand the flip side of it, but I, it's not my... It's not my jam. Here's the thing. The dog one bothers me less. Same, because that's self-defense, though, right? That kitty was just being a kitty. Well, but that's also, that's how a dog would act, right? And a kitty's just being a kitty. And also, I'm like, if you have a cat, you know they hide. Yeah. They hide like crazy. Well, I think it went to hide. That's how it got stuck in the little acid. That's probably the bed it always went under. But that's my thing, is I was like, what is the acid? What is this? You know, or whatever. Like, it's, yeah. 
I don't know. I'm a firm believer in defunding Paw Patrol, so it's whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a fan of the Paw State. <laughs> the thing I love about cats is if the collector broke in here and like set up traps, one of my cats' biscuit would be just like all over him, be like, "Oh, hey." Hey, what are you doing here? Are you setting up traps? <laughs> you killing my parents? Hey. hey. Hey, you should pet me. Yeah. And I don't think he would do well with that. No. No, I think the collector would uh, <laughs> kill Biscuit in a heartbeat, unfortunately. But if it was me, my heart would melt and I would fall in love. I'd be like, oh, I love that Biscuit. Biscuit. McCready hides, aggressively hides from people he does not know. Yeah. Most of my cats are the same. Yeah. And usually, oddly enough, the place that like, Arkin ends up hiding, which is in the bed, right? So, like, McCready would have probably been, like, under covers or in pillows somewhere, like, or in a closet. Paige, he hides under pillows like he's seven years old. Yep. It was hilarious to me. Because that's how he gets off the floor. But then he, like, builds a bridge across the floor to get out. Yeah. He hides under pillows, like, real good, though. Like, I couldn't hide under pillows like that. Well, I mean... No, you couldn't. I could not. But he doesn't even mess up the decorative pillows. They're in the same pattern. He like dove into the pillows like Roger Rabbit or something. <laughs> and and his feet didn't stick to the bed or anything, which I was like, what is on the floor? <laughs> uh, glue acid, Paige. Glue acid. Glue acid, Paige. I th- we've been over this. Yeah. Maybe it's an exterminator. Th- I don't know. Oh, I guess he's an exterminator. So like rat trap. Oh, like a glue trap. Like a like a roach trap. Okay. Okay. All right. That makes a little bit more sense yeah like now but here's the thing i'm like if i knew he was an exterminator earlier or if i was gathering this as a clue to think about whether or not he's the exterminator then i wouldn't have so many questions about the weird glue floor if you look in in the kitchen on the counter you see like a like what looks like one of those bank vacuum tube things and on the side it says tgri and it's like obviously it's been like poured out So that definitely ties it to the Secret of the Ooze universe. Mikey, I fully thought you were going to get that joke. And I realized (laughs) when I said TGRI and you had like no reaction that I had done too much. I I don't remember what was on the Secret of the Ooze canister, but I love the effort that someone out there is going to get that immediately. My buddy Lee is going to love that joke. (laughs) <laughs> There's gonna be a special moment for you Three or four people out there yeah. That Todd has set up for you. you You're welcome guys And that's fine I do that all the time Yeah yeah. This is Mikey from Harvard And I practiced this ad for Factor in my car today <laughs> Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah 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 Mikey from Harvard in here <laughs> Talk about Factor <laughs> Nailed it I have used Factor on and off the last couple of years uh, Especially since 2020 My work is very busy I have a very busy day job He does I have a very busy hobby uh-huh. Slash second job called podcasting <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's so much work for you <laughs> Eating healthy is hard Cooking, I'm single <laughs> Cooking single is hard And I've loved Factor Other people, they ship you ingredients You have to cook them It takes a long time Factor They ship you fresh, never frozen meals. And it always only takes two minutes, which is like my favorite thing. I never have to think about how long it has to go in the microwave. It's two minutes. That's what my dating profile says. Always two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's helped me eat healthier, though. They have a bunch of like dietary options, like low calorie or protein or keto. Is it keto? Keto? Mikey, you've said it wrong so many times. I'm not sure if I remember how to say it right. It's keto, right? Keto. No, it's keto. It's keto. But anyway, Factor's amazing. So just head to factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 and use code 
Horror Virgin 50 to get how much percentage off, Mikey? Were you paying attention? 50. Damn. 50% off. Literally half off. That's code Horror Virgin 50 at factormeals.com slash Horror Virgin 50 to get 50% off. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So he does floors lava his way out of the room. Yeah. But on his way out, he grabs paper clips. So he gets back down to the basement and he manages to use the paper clip to undo the handcuffs on the wife in the tub and also to take the staple tape off her face. Yeah. Now, on the way to the tub, he realizes that the dad is super dead, <laughs> like super disemboweled. Hopefully he went peacefully and fast. Uh, yeah. And so he tells the wife like, hey, I don't think the little girl's in the house because I haven't seen her. I'm going to get you out, but you need to just look at my back. Don't scream. Don't make any noise. Just quiet, basically. And I wish she could have done that. Nope. Because her reaction to seeing what took place in her basement is what gets her killed. Oh, sure. But and I this is one of those things where I'm like, this is a very human reaction. Yes, it is a very human reaction. Yeah, I agree. And this makes sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because like, how could oh, my God, what are you even going to do? And so she runs up the stairs and I thought she was going to run through the razor wire room and get to, chunked. But no, she gets stabbed by the collector who heard her scream. Yeah. And came running. And so he then Arkin hides under the desk. But we do get to see uh, the collector grab a spider and then put it outside through the window, which I was like, is this important? I mean, it's the opposite of an exterminator, really. He was paid only to get the spider out of the house. That's actually the one time he was doing his job and you <laughs> shamed this employee. No, his title is exterminator, not pest control. It says exterminator on the van, so he got to kill it. <laughs> You're going to bust him for being, like, humane towards this spider? I just want it to be what's on the box. <laughs> I love the one time you had notes was when he was doing his stated job. That's hilarious to me. I was just like, what? Well, because I thought I was like, okay, so he cares more for the spiders than he does for the people. I was like, does he have a thing for bugs and spiders? What's that about? You know, I mean, I think it implies that with the roach jar. Well, roach jar again, and Todd and I talked about this earlier. That's just a torture thing. Like people torture people with roaches a lot. They like, do it in Game of Thrones with rats. Exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. He had pocket roaches. Like this dude carries a glass jar with roaches on his belt, and that is like insane to me. Yeah. Well, they're his friends. He has, he has a party in his pocket whenever he wants. What kind of roach party are you going to, Mikey? La cucaracha. That's a his party. I'm not a, I'm not a serial killer, exterminator, pest controller. No, you're definitely not a multi-hyphenate like that. No, I do like also at the end of the movie that he rips the exterminator like magnet off the car. Yeah. And so I, like, I assume he's got multiples and it's whatever he needs to get into the house. I but agree. Yeah. Anyway. So he puts the spider outside and then he pours a bunch of gasoline into the tub with the, the wife's body after she has now been stabbed. 
And, and at that point, I was like, oh, he's going to torture. She's going to burn alive. But Arkin makes a run for it. And the collector gives her a recording device that's her screaming that he recorded earlier. And then he sews her mouth shut. Oh, that scene is rough. It's super rough. Like, I hate it. It's awful. Especially because she's been stabbed like five times at this point. Oh, she's bleeding out. Yeah. And now he's sewing her mouth shut. Like, she is dying and he's still fucking with her. I The Ugh. one thing, I mean, I would hope that maybe she is losing enough blood to lose consciousness. Hopefully. But she's screaming, though, so she isn't yet. She's not. Yeah. It's the recorder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. So maybe, hope, God, hopefully she is. Yeah. The worst part is when he said while he's sewing her mouth shut... Somebody stop me, you know? <laughs> like the mask? Uh-huh. I was going to go for a Project One Ray. Like, this is a lot of look. Like, <laughs> straight hem. I did a hem. Everywhere's a hem. <laughs> he loves to sew. Destruction. Destruction, yeah. Anyway, it's unclear to me at this point, and I think you could make multiple arguments a bunch of different ways, whether or not the collector knows that Arkin is there or not. I think maybe he does, because there's no way he hasn't, seen he hasn't seen him yes but it could be the little girl i guess i think i think the collector's kind of like i think he's a little freaking out internally because he's like, like he's a little suspicious but doesn't have anything confirmed he's like how is this little girl yes i would have liked them to, to to lean more into that i would have loved to see more of that on the screen that would have humanized the collector for me and made him more scary i think if this film was made today and not in the 2000 aught torture era of horror that's what it would be yeah but like they're like, we need 20 minutes of sewing people. Of, of sewing people's parts Ugh. together. Yeah. But we we hear honking from outside because they're making out in the car. It's the the teenage daughter and her girlfriend or young woman, 19, 20, whatever, and her, her boyfriend. And Arkin inside, it breaks a window to try and yell at her. She can't hear him because of the storm. They come inside and they start like canoodling all over the foyer and it does really fake you out because you're like oh are they gonna knife chandelier while they're having sex like or man. she almost goes up the the screw stairs right so she almost steps on those nails or screws or whatever yeah but they decide to just have sex on the island in the kitchen of her parents home no no, no i think it's the dining room the dining room table sorry sorry yes you're right this also this is another one of those things like the cat that goes on way too long and doesn't have a purpose because you just see the collector like licking his lips and a ton of close-ups of her boobs there's one purpose it's just boobs is the purpose is the problem but that but that's my thing is i'm like male gaze for male gaze sake yes that's all it is that doesn't that doesn't forward the story at all it doesn't you know yeah this this film goes into these traps of the time way too hard yes i yes 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 i would say that oh you mean like instantly killing the woman who just showed her boobs that's like an 80s thing like that's not even like a mid-2000s like that's they've been doing that for ages well it kills the guy first and i like that of course it bear traps the guy yeah i hey i love a good instant titty kill more than anybody like trust <laughs> like i i do yeah. My frustration with this is it slows it down and plays those that music. Not, yes, that. But also, this is a movie that's already kind of spinning its wheels at this point. Yeah. Because 
again, it's like we've rang the same bell a ton of times and now we're going to stop ringing the bell and we're going to do some fake outs, which again, because you know the bear trap room is in play, the knife chandelier is in play, the screw stairs are in play, the razor wire room. And so you're just like, which one is it going to be? It really isn't are they going to live? It's how are they going to die as soon as they walk in? Yeah. Yes. But instead of paying that off or focusing more on that, we get almost a full song of just like close-ups of her tits and then close-ups of the collector licking his lips, looking at her tits. It's very, very Tarantino. Uh, This film feels like you have a guy who like had these interesting concepts and was like a writer. And then the Saw people who were like, we'll make it, but here's what we want in this film. And then it's like, overly long torture and then these kind of scenes to be clear again it's not lee winnell and james wan saw people it's other saw people no no no. it's like the producer yeah yeah it's uh it's like the other saw people that's like this was how you make a horror film right it does it, it feels like a film of compromise that i hey i would buy that for sure anyway what ha- happens is <laughs> he trips one of the wires and it like drags him into the bear trap room which no notes so good. He they do end up trying to fight the collector. He t- he goes to punch him and gets a knife through the fist. Oh. He gets his finger sliced off. Dude, that I hated that. Falls into the bear trap room. Bear trap kill is my favorite kill of the movie. It is. It is. I think it's my favorite too. And it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Because it isn't like just one bear trap. It's like his foot. Yeah. And then he falls to his knee, and then that knee gets bear trapped, and then he falls backwards i think and like yeah. it's his side and then his face and then like so much bear traps he gets like 10 bear traps yeah. like he's so bear trapped that's the appropriate amount yeah <laughs> anyway <laughs> she manages to call 911 on her phone yeah but doesn't get to say anything but they hear the fight in the background right he cuts a bunch of barbed wire and drags her through the house yeah and ties her to the banister meanwhile he is essentially using her as bait. He Now, he does grope her, too, which is just like, ugh, ugh, you know. I mean, I know he's evil, but I'm just like, we, we just did this with the boobs. Like, come on. Yeah, it's not great. But Arkin is pretty smart. He sets off an alarm clock upstairs, which makes the collector go for the alarm clock. He comes down. He cuts her down. And he's like, don't make a sound. And she jumps for the scissors to get them as a weapon. But that's a tripwire, and it flings her into their projector, which I guess has nails behind it. So she ends up nailed to the wall. Yeah, it's insta dead. It's incredibly brutal, man. <laughs> but this is also this is the second of four times in this movie that Arkin is like, please don't scream. Just follow my directions. We're going to get out. And people immediately don't and die. And it feels yeah. like the same beat over and over again. It does get funny. It do- By the time it's the dude in the box, I was like, leave him. <laughs> like, he's not going to follow your direction. Uh, that's what I would be like. Hannah is the, the little girl is the only one who listens to Arkin. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he now that he's lost her too, he's like, fuck. So he runs upstairs to get the guy out of the box. But this is where we l- learn that that guy has like, not only chains around his legs, but screws through his feet that are attached to chains. I hated this too. I, I was so squirmy most of this like last half of the movie. It's so freaky. I hate it. It looked bad. Yeah. But it means that he can't get him out. So he abandons it. Good call. And breaks a window, goes out onto the roof uh, and then out of the house. But that's where he sees Hannah through the window. He almost got away, guys. And Hannah called him back. I I in that moment because he stands there for a minute looking at her, I think, debating whether or not to go back. And I was like, oof. all right. 
Let's have the conversation though. So like same situation. Uh, Cat burglar you versus murderer serial killer torture guy. You gotta go. Do you go back and save the little girl you are not related to? Yeah, you gotta try. The answer for me is a resolute no thank you. But <laughs> I will happily get to safety and call the police and send them your way. I I was torn. I'd go back. I was torn because I feel like I couldn't live with myself knowing I left a little girl there to die. I think that would keep me awake for the rest of my life. A hundred percent. But I also am not confident that I could save her. So like there's a part of me that's like, if I go back, I might die and she might also still die. But at least then I'm not kept awake from the screams. So like. I think for my own conscience, I would at least have to try and do something to get her help in that moment, whether that's going into the house or directing her to how to get out or like hide, like hide and I'll call like something. But it means that I am not escaping clean. I have to do something. Same. And I don't even like kids. Yeah, you'd, I, I like kids. I'd have to go back. I mean, you'd have to. That's a tough one. But that again, human reaction. Yeah, I think it's a very. I think what I think what he does makes sense. Right. Like I wasn't like, oh, no one would ever do that, and I realized I just said I wouldn't do that, but largely because I would get killed immediately if I got into a fist fight with this dude. Yeah, but if you were him, if you were him, would you go back? Oh, maybe because he has like a skill set that is counter to. On some level, he can fight. And at this point, he hasn't been fucked up that bad. Right. Like, he's still fighting. Yeah. The only thing that's is, is wrong is his hand's a little fucked from the razor blade thing in the window. Yeah. Outside of that, he's fine. So, like, maybe not 100%, but maybe 90%, although he still has all of the fingers. And I think Ark is a little overconfident. He's, like, outsmarted him, like, a dozen times. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think if I was in his situation, yes, maybe I would. But knowing what I know about me, I would just die and then that poor girl would die too. That that would be my worry. Now, okay, and, and a controversial statement because I've been on my mean to cat soapbox all episode. If I turned around and it was the cat, I choose me over cat every time. A hundred percent. I'm so sorry. But like, that's one where I'm like, Sorry, I will I will remember you and see you in heaven. <laughs> Run. Look, I love I love my pets. I love pets. I love animals. I do, but like they're not people. They're not people. Survival. I'm so I'm so sorry. At, at the end of the day, they're not people and like they also only live like one eighth of your life. So like right. at most you're probably saving them for about five years. So like why, you know, there's a there's a there's a value proposition there. Yeah, like I will cry about this later. 100%. Yeah. And it would be yeah. devastating. Of course, I would sob. And listen, I, I have a lot of animals. I love them. But if one window had Natalie in it and one window had Biscuit in it, I would save Natalie. You know what I'm saying? Of like, course. Of yeah. course. Yeah. If Jake was inside, I'd be like, you handle him. Like, like <laughs> I'd be like, hey, I'm coming in. Is it cool? Can you take care of him real quick? <laughs> I would only hold you back. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing you a favor by leaving. Which honestly would be the case for me if it was me and I was looking back at that girl. I'd be like, I'll go call. But like, I wouldn't be any help. To, I would be like a you running around. Well, and she is small. It's easier for her to hide. Exactly. Anyway, he goes back and he goes upstairs. Now, here's here's the thing. He like gets back to the house and climbs up and at this point I was like 
he went out through a window. Why doesn't he pull her out through that same window? Well, I think she's in a different room, right? Yeah, she's upstairs on the second floor, and I think her window is booby-trapped. Okay. But why don't they immediately, when he goes in, go to the window he got out of and leave? I don't know. Yes. Yeah. They have to have a whole jaunty run through the laundry chute. Well, not only that, this is where they, like, dump the aquarium onto the floor and then push the TV into it to electrify the floor. But the collector just throws the guy from the box, and that's a brutal kill. It is a brutal kill. For sure. Because he makes them kill him. Yeah. Which I thought it was really funny that he, like the collector, knew that they were going to try and do something. Right. So he was going to use that dude as like- Human shield. Yeah, as a human shield, and it like totally worked. Is this the scene where he uses the dude's head to break the door open? Yes. yes. It literally is later because- Brutal. Yeah, because the, he they get off that and like run into the bathroom that's a part of that room they were in. They go through the laundry chute, yeah, at that point. Well, yeah, yeah but the, the laundry chute's in the bathroom. Yeah. So the guy, the collector drags the now dead guy who was in the box- and starts hitting the door with that dude's head. Yes. Which would just like take more time, right? <laughs> right. Why would you do that? I, I can't I can't do your Zoom animations at all. I also don't know why my Zoom just did like fireworks. I guess it's because I was talking <laughs> with talking my hands a lot. About a guy <laughs> breaking a door open. He's talking about a guy breaking a door open with a head. <laughs> and fireworks start going out. Man, Zoom's AI is not good. <laughs> oh, I love that. I gotta stop talking with my hands so much. I'm just so passionate about this movie. You're, you're talking. It's it's the curse of the Italians, uh, or as Jake <laughs> referred to someone speaking Italian on Law and Order yesterday. That pasta language. <laughs> <laughs> he can say that. He married in. He married in. Anyway, he gets her down to the basement and he's trying to kind of circumnavigate. So she's down there safe and he's going to try and kind of cut the collector off to give her a chance to escape. But this is how he ends up in the fish hook room. Ugh. It like hooks his eye. Ugh. Ugh. I hated it. I hate fish hooks. And she's like. Should we, shouldn't we like go? And he's like, I have a fish hook in my eye. Can, can you give me a second? Can you give me a I literally just came back in. I was safe until I saw you. Just give me a second. Let me fix this. Right. So they both end up down in the laundry room slash basement or whatever. Which I thought for sure he would have booby trapped the laundry chute. Like yeah. dark take. But like if she goes down the laundry chute Bunch of knives Yeah I thought she was dead until she gets out Just gets salad shootered out the bottom Right (laughs) The one thing you obviously booby trap The collector didn't booby trap (laughs) Just a a giant food processor (laughs) You just see the collector turn on a switch on the wall And it's like a garbage disposal Even all you do is just put a wood chipper at the bottom of the laundry laundry (laughs) chute. It's just like Fargo in that laundry chute. Yeah, or Evil Dead Rise. The practical answer is that he's torturing everyone in the basement. So if she falls into the basement, that's pretty convenient for him. Sure, but he could, again, wood chipper at the bottom of it and just just blood mist. I'm not saying I don't want the girl to live. I'm just saying that that's like the most obvious thing to booby trap. He did not have time. No, that's not the most obvious. I mean, doors and windows are the most obvious. Okay, but like you definitely... Have a little fun with that laundry shoot, though. Like, you definitely do. He only has so much time. First of all, Mikey, no. You cannot argue <laughs> time at this point. <laughs> no, you Secondly, cannot. I think I have arrived at 
why I don't love torture porn movies more, but still find kills funny. Because I feel like in torture porn, it's a lot of like prolonged cutting blood, whatever. But if somebody just like falls through a wood chipper or like when John Leguizamo just gets like dragged through that chimney into a blood mist in Violent Night. I fucking love that. That's so funny to me. And I think maybe it's because torture porn doesn't make me laugh. I'm just like, I'm sitting here the whole time. But if this guy just exploded into like plastered his intestines around the room, hilarious, unexpected, (laughs) love it. I think maybe that's the dividing line for me. Well, I think the comedy, doing it for comedy is a different vibe than this movie just really gets in there like, look, we're cutting this person. Look at it. It's really slow. Yeah. Don't you love it? It's shot like porn. I mean, it's torture porn. Yeah. I love a good Fargo accidentally going to a wood chipper kind of situation. Love that. Or like fall against like a room full of chainsaws. Why doesn't the collector hang a whole bunch of chains for people to walk through? Like you fell in through the chainsaw room? Paige, I cannot wait till you see the second one. Right now, the collector's only using simple machines. <laughs> <laughs> we have to get to his his Iron Age era. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the beginning of the second one, he hires a DJ to put on an underground rave, locks all the doors, and kills everyone inside with a very elaborate, more than simple machine. Yes. There were some engineering degrees involved in the first killing collection, but he got on Craigslist and hired a DJ and let them come in and set up their equipment first. Of course. And the DJ dies too, right? Like 100%. Yeah. That DJ, Dead Mouse. Oh. And at first he was just Mouse. But now Dead Mouse because the exterminator. But <laughs> is it better or worse than the one in Blade? There's nothing better than Blade. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm confused by your question. I mean, it's di- it's it's different, but it's on the same plane of existence, if that makes sense. Yeah. I forced my family to watch so many bonkers movies while we were home for Christmas and I actively tried selling people on Blade. And my sister was like, is it a Christmas movie? And I was like, it is if we watch it on Christmas. Uh, and instead we, we ended up- I love that logic. Right? We ended up watching Hard Target with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Commando because my brother-in-law had never seen it. Well, Commando takes place in the jungle and some of them bleed. So that's red and green. That's Christmassy. We were watching it on Christmas, which makes it a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas miracle. And I, I had dad on board to watch Blade. That is the least shocking thing I've ever heard about (laughs) Christmas. I was like, you don't want to see people load garlic cloves into guns. You don't want to have a 45 minute conversation about vampire pregnancy with Mikey in about three minutes. (laughs) So much to talk about. So many questions. I still have a lot of questions about that situation. (laughs) I can't answer them for you, Mikey. I have no answer. All I know is some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. I use that as rationale too. They're like, it's not a Christmas movie. I was like, some motherfuckers always be trying to ice skate uphill and ice skating is a winter sport ergo <laughs> hell yeah Paige they could have had Blade be the only vampire that was came from a pregnant woman they they could have like Jesus like vampire Jesus or, or just like they don't usually bite people who are pregnant or what like predator rules or whatever well, oh, of course they would it's it's like a stuffed crust pizza uh, it's more like a traducan Paige it's more like caviar if you're gonna do anything but like no, i mean it's because it's like a thing inside a thing right like a stuffed crust pizza or a calzone pregnant ladies are the calzone of the vampire world yeah but instead the movie's like 
we also like super procreate. And I was like, that, that is just, we, I, we, don't, we don't have time to relitigate. But they, did, they didn't have to have vampires have natural children in that franchise. They didn't have to do that. I love that they did, though. That's like my favorite part of it. It's not mine favorite part of it never had i had a note for the movie blade yeah no notes and that will not change today no i can't wait to watch another blade at some point i also have never seen any of the sequels so i well you're saving yourself for the show and we appreciate that i am now yeah but like oof i can't wait guys someone told me ryan reynolds was in one that's the later ones and it gets really bad but in a real fun way like i can't wait but let's get back into this movie pat oswalt too what <laughs> hang on you, you ain't ready you ain't ready for blade i'm not God, I love Pat Oswalt too. Amazing. Okay. Does he play like a like a nerdy tech guy? I honestly don't remember. It's been so long. But I I remember more of Pat Oswalt's stories about being on set for that movie than I do of his performance in the film. Yeah. Because Wesley Snipes used to leave him post-it notes about his performance and sign them as Blade. I'll send you some YouTubes. <laughs> God. Fine. Yeah, please do. But if he didn't leave at least one that said, Patton, you suck, Blade. I would be like very disappointed. That is like the one post. I would love to get that post-it note from Blade. I'd frame it. Yeah. It might be a compliment. Yeah. Anyway, they're in the basement. This is like the third fist fight of the movie. And this is where he grabs the mask, but he does knock him unconscious and kind of drags him out. And at this point, I looked at how much time was left in the movie. And I was like, how is there 20 minutes left? How is there 20 minutes left? When it feels like there should be three minutes left. Yes. When it feels like it's also been 45 minutes since he got to the house. Like, the timing feels very weird. It does. And then they last King of Scotland him to one of the beams in the basement. I only know that reference because you guys have told me about it. Bunch but of like, hooks. He's hanging him by his <laughs> hooks. Which, I, I don't think he's hanging him by his hooks in this one. But he is like... I think there's just a bunch of hooks in him. Yeah, but like, they're hooked to the wall and his hands are hooked to the ceiling. Yeah. So, like, he can't walk away from, like, the beam he's hooked to... And he can't really move his hands that much that are sort of like hanging. That would be the worst part because like yeah. your body weight would like naturally pull on the your hands. Yes. So you would have to exert a slight amount of effort to keep your arms up for a very long time. And your hands have the most nerve in them. I know. It's like the oh. most painful place. Yeah. But anyway, the little girl's hiding. And so he at this point is like, okay, at least if he's torturing me, the little girl has a chance to escape. Uh, but that's when the collector chisels out one of his teeth. Oh. Now, this is a part of the movie I think has, we can all agree has not aged well. I understand what he's trying to do here. And if they shot sure. this today, he would do the same thing but use different words. Correct. Look, Arkin's not homophobic. He just proves that the collector is very homophobic. I honestly, I do think that's what they're demonstrating, but you yeah. didn't have to use a gay slur no. over and over and over and over and over again. Yes. This was filmed probably in 2008, 2009. Yeah. And it was a time when that word was still thrown around because we had not gotten to the point as a society where we stopped doing that. Yeah. Um, it was right around that time, though. It was. I mean, this yeah. was it was really right around that time where it stopped. You're right. Yeah. It, this was already, hey, that's maybe not a good idea. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's also, I think, one of the reasons why he particularly yes, uses I that word. I think it's word. put in for edge. Me too. Anyway, this is when the collector comes back with roaches and he tries to pull a Game of Thrones where he, like, slices him and then puts the jar up against him and then lights the jar so that the roaches will, in theory, burrow into him. But he doesn't get a chance to do that because a police car pulls up 
And this is where, so there have been a lot of human reactions in this movie. This is one that I think is wildly unrealistic that a cop shows up alone. Oh, no, this is definitely what would happen to a 911 hang-up call. That, that's fair, because it is a hang-up. But I'm like, don't most cops in cruisers have partners regardless? No, most cities, you have one cop in a car. It depends. I know here it's one cop per car, unless they have like a trainee or it's like that kind of a situation. Yes, or a counselor here. Yeah, Mikey would know quite a bit about that. But it's typically just the one we cop. Have gone, I have personally gone on 911 hang-up calls. Okay. Where it's just our car. Got it. Because usually, statistically... It's it's a false alarm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, you just go to where the address was, which is like, okay, then you knock on the door. Yeah. But I like this because from my experience writing in those cars, the, the whole emergency system kind of reacts like it's supposed to. Yes. Except he didn't knock on the door first. He would knock on the door, ring the doorbell, see no answer, kind of like see if he could look in, be like, oh, I hope somebody's not in a medical emergency. Right. And then he sees bear-trapped boyfriend he's like oh my god and he's yes, like radioing yes. pulling a gun and like running around the house well and and call and he does call for yeah. backup like as he goes down uh-huh. um so we know the cops are on their way at some point but man the way that the collector is revealed in this little section like he walks out from behind the tree in the rain and he like gets the cop to walk over towards him just inside his dog's range right right Mm-hmm. The cop doesn't know the dog's even there. So when the like the dog runs up, tacks him and like rips out his throat. Like it's graphic. Yeah. It's it's real brutal. But that gives Arkin time to get his hand unfish hooked and to pick the locks on his ankle and to see that there's the recording of screams and all the gasoline. He knows he's gonna blow the house up. They gotta get out of the house. So he grabs a little girl, and this is where the collector brings the dog inside and now the dog is going to basically like come after them and they create like a little trash can of fire and like firebomb the dog essentially to distract it. That doesn't kill the dog immediately, but they then like shoot the dog. <laughs> like it's pretty gnarly, but also I'm like self-defense. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. It's sad that that dog is trained to do that and you have to protect yes. yourself from that kind of a threat. Right. It is a cool way to take a dog out where he like lights Toilet paper in a ga- like a garbage can. The, the dog yes. comes in, the, rams his head in the garbage can. He and, like muzzles him with the can. Yeah. yeah. And then throws the dog at him and he shoots the dog. Collector does. Yes. Now, thus ensues our third fist fight. Yes. Well, that's the only appropriate response when you trick a man to kill his own dog. I guess, but... That probably is accurate, actually. I think you may have stumbled on something true that you just said. But this is just a bell they've rung a few times already, so we're ringing it again. Right. And I'm just like, is something new going to happen here? And it doesn't really. I'll yeah. tell you something that people love to hear every three minutes. That bell ring and that round round four going on. Like, you know, it's a boxing match. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I do think they should have had a knife fight at one point. Where they, like, duct tape their hands together and they, had, they like, they, like <laughs> yeah, fight West with Side their hands style. I was thinking bad music video, but yeah, we can go West Side Story. Oh, yeah, that's whatever. right. Bad also has a no, switchblade no, fight. Not in it. like that. But anyway, this is where he kicks the collector down into the basement. They make a run for the front door, but the key is broken. I love this. I love the way he out traps the trapper. I was like, hell yeah, Arkin. Yeah, because the collector comes back with a shotgun and he like stands near the lock, but then backs up just as he shoots. So it shoots a hole in the door so they can open from the outside, essentially, and get out. Yeah, so, like, Arkin was, like, trying to get out the front door, but it's locked and he doesn't have a key that works. Right. So, like, he sets up the mirror and then crouches in a way 
that when he comes around the corner, the collector comes around the corner, it looks like Arkin is crouching at the door looking at him. Right. And if he shoots him in the head, it's going to blow out where the lock is. And that's exactly what the collector does. And the collector unlocks the door for them, right. obviously by shooting the, uh, the lockout. And while he does that, he walks under the knife chandelier that Arkin is holding the string for. So it like falls on him and they run out the door. The collector opened for them. I, I was like, I love that he out trapped him in this moment. But he only the only reason he's able to do that is because he saw the collector doing it to the teenage girl. Yeah. Because that's how the collector was watching her. So yeah. that's how he knew how to angle the mirror. But yes, they get outside. There's a ton of cops and he does run into the street and get hit by a cop car. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I laughed out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have, but I was like, that figures. But I mean, he did run out into like, they were probably going 40, 45 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, more than that. Like he did not give them ample time to stop. They tried, but like they still hit him. No. They stopped. I was like, what? <laughs> I know. Uh, but they get the little girl into the cop car just as the house explodes. They load him into the ambulance and he's like, hey, what time is it? They're like, oh, it's just before midnight. And he's like, I made it. Can we call my wife? And as they're, he's convincing the EMT to call his wife, they get T-boned by what we will find out is the collector in his extermination van. And it rolls the ambulance. They kill the EMT. They cut Arkin loose and put him in the exterminator trunk and drive away. And, and that's, that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about The Collector? I think I'll like the sequel better. I know you'll like the sequel better. I don't know that you'll love the sequel, though, honestly. I do just think a lot of the story problems you have with this one, you won't have with that one. Okay. You'll have new problems. Yeah, I think you might have new problems, but I, I do think you'll like it better. I've seen it twice now at this point. It affected me both times. It's still scary. I just want that third movie, so I want to I want to drum up as much buzz as possible if I'm in control here. I'm honestly a little surprised more people don't talk about this movie, but talk about other movies from this time period, like My Bloody Valentine or something. Oh, yeah, all that stuff, yeah. But this is like a good version or a better version of those movies. Or like The Hills Have Eyes remake, I think, remake? was one of okay. them. We got to do more wrong turns because they get they get boobier as they go. And I think that'll make them funnier. I don't think I can say that. I can say it. <laughs> Wait, there's an after credit scene. Mikey, have you seen it? Yeah, I did. I did. I... So what is the after credit scene, Mikey? Because we clearly turned it off before the credits ended. It's the, the collector sitting on the trunk and Arkham is threatening to kill him. He's like, when I get out of here, I'm going to fucking kill you. And then uh, he's watching. I think he's in watching his thing or whatever. And then uh, kicks the box and tells him to shut up. Yeah. Or just kicks the box. Right. I like the series. Yeah. And I, Mikey, I would love to see a third one. I, I would really love for them to get a third I mean, one. And, and I said, I mentioned Terrifier earlier. I, I like, I want people to try out new franchises and stuff. I, I want, yeah. I want people to, 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 to try things and like Terrifier isn't my favorite, but it's like, I appreciate the swing. You know what I'm saying? Like create a villain, create a, create a mythos. I, I like those things. We, we are hanging on to the ones from the seventies and eighties. Still. Can we, can we make something and, and kind of push through? You know what I'm saying? There's not a lot of that. There isn't a lot of that. I mean, really the only other one I can think from this time period that has hung on is jigsaw. Because the other ones that I'm thinking of, I think are after this. And that's like the Conjuring series. Lee Whannell kills Jigsaw off so hard that the rest of the sequels are ridiculous. Well, we can talk about that when we get to those movies. Paige, do you have any fun facts about this movie for us? Very few. Well, hit us with those fun facts. 
collector fun, fun facts. facts uh the writers of this movie originally intended it to be a saw prequel so it was supposed to be jigsaw ah that makes so much sense yeah yeah the studios making saw turned it down they also uh, said they were inspired by seven i think seven's the best version of movies like this yes. even when looking at saw and things like that yes uh, now, originally set up and financed by Dimension Films, uh, it was dropped by the studio because they didn't have the money to release it. So Liddell Entertainment snatched it up from Dimension and gave it a brief theatrical run in 2009. So this was actually made considerably before 2009. It sat in development hell for a little while. Now, part of the reason they have termed this the collectors, they've named it after an urban legend. Uh, they refer to this as people who like, you know, the, the urban legend that your neighbor has a basement that's a dungeon or something horrifying in their, you know, dungeon that they collect body parts or whatever. And part of this is actually based on a real guy. Uh, so there was a case for um, Anatoly Moscovin. Uh, he was a Russian historian who stole corpses from cemeteries in a lot of towns east of Moscow. Uh, and according to police, he dug up 29 corpses and made dolls out of them. Uh, life-sized, faceless female dolls with platinum blonde wigs. Don't love that at all. Uh, the teenage daughter is played by Madeline Zima, who also played the youngest daughter, Grace, on the sitcom The Nanny for many years. So this was kind of, this is her first nude scene, and this was kind of her breaking out of being on The Nanny. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So what do you think the production budget was for The Collector uh, when they filmed it? And I'm, I'm just going to say for like interest purposes, it's 2009. But as Paige just said, it's probably more like 2006 because it got stuck in distribution hell. Oh, it makes way more sense being a 2006 film than a 2009 film. I think yeah. so too, yeah. Um, I'm going to say five-ish million. I'm going to actually go lower and say three. Paige, you are 100% accurate. Oh, nice. Three million is exactly what they spent on it, which you, if you adjust for inflation is 4.2, almost $4.3 million today. Now, this movie did get a nationwide release, but it didn't get like what I would call a wide nationwide release. Uh, it was in 1,300 theaters at most, which is about a third of the available theaters at this time so it's nationwide but it's not in like every theater right it's nationwide but it's not on your side <laughs> <laughs> right like it's like uh amc has it but regal doesn't kind of a situation you know what i'm saying um anyway it premiered on july 31st 2009 and it was 11th the weekend it came out it was beat by funny people that was number one that week Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince was number two. G-Force was three. The Ugly Truth was four. And Aliens in the Attic was five. Then there were six more movies. And that sixth movie, making it the 11th place movie, was The Collector. What do you think it made in its opening weekend? And that was the weekend of July 31st, 2009. Um, I do know that it was successful. I don't know... I don't have numbers, but I'm going to say opening weekend, it made six million. Oh, I was gonna, I'll say five. You guys are a little bit high, but it does make its budget back and then some by a little bit. So it's $3.5 million in its opening weekend, which is honestly great for any movie to yeah. make back its, back its budget in its opening weekend. Uh, it was in the theaters for a total of eight weeks, but it was only in over a thousand theaters for its first two weeks. 
And then it drops from 1,270 in its second week to just 262 theaters. So like after the first and second week, they pulled it pretty much from like most theaters. So it was in the theaters for eight weeks, but not a whole lot of screens for that time. So what do you think it brought in in its domestic box office performance? Six million. Okay. What do you think, Paige? 5.2. You're both a little low. It was actually $7.7 million and it made another 2.2. Seven million dollars internationally for a total of ten point four million dollars worldwide. Okay, so it made quite a bit of money, honestly. And if you adjust that ten point four for inflation, that's almost fifteen million dollars today. But that's your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit him with that scary scale? Okay, that scary scale, listeners, a scale one to ten of how scary we watched the we found the film today when we watched it. <laughs> uh, our one example <laughs> is Ghostbusters, and our ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Page. I'm going to give it a two. Todd. Oh, I'm going to give it a four, which I do think is less scary than the first time I watched it, but it's still like messed with me, man. I did not like it. Okay. I will give it a two because some of the body horror stuff, I'm not a big fan of body horror. It always freaks me out. And that's our scary scale. Well, this week, Mikey, your pick was to make us watch The Collector. Paige, are you going to go or do you want me to go for next week? I feel like yours should be last, right? Whatever you want. Although technically the listener request will be last. Right, right, right. Not that I am not super excited to do your movie because I am super excited to do your movie. Same. But listen, I'm fine to hold it. Yeah, I'm fine to hold it. I'll go. All right, well, Paige, what are you going to make us watch next week then? Next week, we're watching Jennifer's Body, y'all. We're watching Jennifer's Body. Jay Bod. Let's do it. Pacing issues. Uh... I'm just fucking with you. I mean, are you Jennifer's body is not perfect. There are things you can criticize about it. I just do love it. I don't body shame. And for the record there, Paige was talking about Jennifer's body, the movie, the not film. someone who we're being catty about named Jennifer. I don't Jennifer's body shame, okay? Yeah. No, no. And we all have to sing along to low shoulders through the trees. Is that a song? It's the song from the movie. It's it's the one that the band gets famous for. Do you not remember that part of the movie? Of course I don't. I remember zero of that movie, Paige. You cannot talk to us like this. You referenced the words on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles canister earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made a judgment call that was absolutely wrong a few moments ago (laughs) for sure. But also... You don't remember Adam Brody saying that if you're an indie band, the only way to make it is to get on SNL or sell your soul to Satan. (laughs) Like, it's a key point in the film. Paige, I didn't need Adam Brody to say that to me. I lived it. I know, but it's a lot of fun when Adam Brody says it. It was way more fun when he said it than when I lived it. That's for sure. Anyway, your homework for next week is to listen to us relitigate this and... Watch Jennifer's Body and then check back for that episode. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Oh, no, I forgot how to do all this. Well, while you're looking one up, let me uh, read a Spotify comment that we got under our most recent episode. As you know, our most recent episode, the Carrie Revisited episode. And here is a comment that literally came in an hour ago under our Carrie Revisited episode. And it's from someone named Odaluski. And they say, I'm so excited for Revisited Month. I need Paige's opinions and Mikey's crazy headcanons on all the classic horror films. P.S. I would personally throw the Titanic at capitalism. Hard uh, We should all throw the Titanic at capitalism. Well done. And I hope you're enjoying um, 
Revisited Month as we continue through it with Jennifer's body next week. But Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? Individual who commented on Spotify left a review. Oh, yeah? Digo Dizganaski. Yeah. What did they say? Digo Dizganaski says, I love this podcast. Nice. I st- I started this podcast after listening to all of Remains in the Pod, and I have no regrets. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. While I'm not current with the show, I am loving binging every episode. Nice. I love this podcast so much. I feel like every day at work, I'm sitting down with my best friends to talk about these movies. Thank you for keeping me company and making me laugh all day and risking spitting coffee on my computer. Five stars. Well, person whose name I can't pronounce, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review or me read your Spotify comment, do one of those things, and we will then read them. That's how it works. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm. than the mm-hmm. regular feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable, that's fine, but if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash virgin. We also link it like once a week, so just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box, so if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager's been, like, driving her crazy. So how has Tia's teenager been driving her crazy this week? She um, put knives on all the chandeliers. That's actually not very nice. No, that's terrible. I would not want a knife chandelier. So sorry you're having to deal with that, Tia. This episode also brought to you by Jonathan, and Jonathan wants me to make you guys watch some videos. So I'm going to steal your screens and do just that. Right now, the video this week that Jonathan sent us is from TikTok. I heard about that thing. And there's a lion on the screen. I I would not want to be this close to a tiger. Sorry, it's a tiger, not a lion. I will never financially recover from this. I will never. I I would never get this close to a big cat. They're cute as shit, but I would never want to pet one. No. Aw, he's just a sad boy who is meowing for his friend. Yep, and at any moment, he will eat you. It's a good way to die. Oh, it's not a good way to die, though. It's a very cute tiger, though, Jonathan. Thank you so much for sending us that in a video to watch. And, of course, thank you for the support. We now return you to a new, for 2024, 
rebooted the Patreonicals. The year 2024. One man made up some bullshit. It's three years ago. What? It's 2021? No, I mean, like, I started making well it's got to be longer than that how long have i been fucking doing this <laughs> mikey some say too long i say that you literally say it every week and i edit it out do you <laughs> i want my distaste with this to come through it's part of my art <laughs> part of it for a lot of the patreon members is that it annoys you and they they're into it <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a big sado sadomasochism <laughs> of the patrons. The of patrons me just this. really enjoy torturing Mikey by making him make up stories nah, every week. They like when I am mean to them. I think some of them definitely do. So fuck all y'all. <laughs> but just the ones who are into it. But Mikey, do you have a made up news story for us yes, this week? I I kind of remember. I'm going to go into it. It's I don't know. We're, we're getting back into the groove here. This is our first recording of the new year. That's what he's talking about. Yeah, we're getting back into the groove of it. Don't tell them what I mean. I'm just going to be myself here. Mikey, as I have always sung to you, be yourself, be yourself. I don't remember what I did. I think I, I know. I don't remember how I did it, but I remember that we're in a we're in the fucking we're in the, we're in a candy land. Y'all yes. just I'm so shocked you remembered you took everyone to Candyland. the fuck in. Yeah. That's the only thing I remember. Yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna go down the list of what I'm thinking here. That's what the Patreonicals are, baby. Isaac is still a black knight, but it's a black licorice knight. Oh, I love that they are all different types of candies. I did not realize that. I thought whoa, they would whoa, be whoa, like whoa, human whoa, whoa, whoa. people walking around in Candyland, but no. This dude's like a black stick of licorice. He's wearing licorice armor and swords and shields. I don't know if I can do this for everyone. Just look, we're just going to go through it and see what happens, okay? Just like Mikey to set the bar super high and fail to meet that set expectation going yeah. forward you always hit the bar low. okay <laughs> uh kate still has her psychic powers but like but she's a kit kate bar no she's not a human kit kat bar that's ridiculous Wh what i said is ridiculous but you have a licorice knight he's wearing licorice armor he's not human licorice that's ridiculous <laughs> i always thought he was human licorice <laughs> they are not from this world they are visitors anyway she's got a purple <laughs> jacket on okay and sugar weakens her abilities she's telediabetic telediabetic <laughs> yeah, telebetic yeah. telebetic okay now i will say karun and natasha are still blue alien people who are making a lot but they're blue raspberry flavored and you said what i said was ridiculous <laughs> You can do this. I will pass this no, over to you. No, no, no. no, no Listen, no, yeah, I, I am here to help. Switch. I will do I the color commentary yes, and if you with want you to. all night while Paige tunes us out, but like fully not going to take on the responsibility you did. <laughs> uh, Karoon's people, babies, Karoon and Tasha's babies pop out like little blueberries and grow up into little blueberry people. They honestly are what later formed the Raisinette band. It's not racist because they're intergalactic aliens or whatever. Is it weirder that I said it's not racist? <laughs> it is. Anytime you have to say it's not racist and then qualify why you think it's not racist, it's probably super fucking racist. 
Although they're I'm space sorry. people. So. I have an implicit bias against intergalactic blue aliens. Your privilege is showing, Mikey. I came up with the X-Files. <laughs> really, I blame Duchovny. All right. Aaron, uh, she still has a bow and arrow, but the arrows are made of Hershey Kiss points. Like they shoot that's, on a stick. It's like an arrow. Mikey, I'm trying to help. Just like listen, like no, yeah. no, no, no. They're they're that rock candies, the the sticks of rock candy, but extra long. R- no, I understand the length, but like, okay, no notes. I love it. Go on. Yes, and <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, and <laughs> Wes. Fuck. How do I translate that? We'll come back to you. Um, <laughs> Allie the mermaid is still a mermaid, but she, you know what? Throws. But the bottom half. Is one no. big Swedish fish? <laughs> Come no, on, Mikey. I'm doing your job for you. I'm crushing <laughs> it with candy shit over here. <laughs> no, that makes her too vulnerable. This is not ask Paige. This is screenwriting 101. She shits saltwater taffy. What? Good for her. Why? Now, because saltwater taffy has to be pulled, does the shit come out already pulled, or do her friends have to pull and work the shit? I think Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown have a moment for you. It's already oh, pulled it. and and wrapped. Okay. <laughs> so it comes out pre-wrapped. Uh-huh. That's that's some wombat level craziness. <laughs> Bo Easy is just Bo Easy. He's got his uh, jet ski. He's Florida man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so his candy is meth. Okay. All right. Jer- Jer- <laughs> Fuck. Jeremy's foot is made of chocolate. Okay. So he has a chocolate foot now. <laughs> He's got chocolate. He had a foot. goddamn laser foot last week. <laughs> And it's been replaced with a chocolate foot. Everyone wants a chocolate foot. His laser eye has eyes have come back, but they're very weak, like laser pointy eyes. So he can just fuck with cats. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, let me show you on this presentation where we're looking. Yes. Like that's the extent of his super laser eye power. Yes. Libby becomes a racinette with a top hat. <laughs> Honestly. No notes. I love it. Hold on. I'm taking notes about what to do with this. Mr. Rage Bomb, he should be one big pop rock that like yes. the second yes. he gets wet. Like, or a warhead. Oh, not a warhead. He shoots sour pop rocks and roar heads out of his hands. Oh, nice. All right. All right. Like a candy to Jubilee. Yeah. Sunzy, you're going to have a lot of development this time. Sunzy always has gum developed, like always getting in his mouth and growing bigger, and he has to spit it out. That's such a weird. Okay. So his gum is like the gum he is chewing. He is choosing to chew is like a cancerous growth. He has to spit He's it not out. Che- Every time he spits it out, it like slowly grows again. What in the Willy Wonka fuck is that shit? That's terrifying. It's not great. River Moon. What is the most essential oil candy out there? Uh, Ludens cough drops. Turkish delight. It's got rose water in it. I was I was literally thinking ants on a log. So like celery, peanut butter, and raisins. <laughs> there you she go. She can <laughs> make those chocolates, like the Valentine's Day chocolates with all the different fillings, and she can choose what filling goes in and in it. So wait, that's her magical power? Yeah. So, so you're like already eating candy, and she's just like raspberry and you're like oh shit that was supposed to be <laughs> no, creepy no, no, no. like she caramel. can like open her palm and like the 
the the treat appears. Oh, I'm here for that. Hang on. I would definitely make friends with a, like someone who can make me any kind of chocolate in their hand. Sex Caliber is a giant talking macaroon. <laughs> I don't know if this concept's gonna work for long. You don't! <laughs> Vixen Avery, she still has a machine gun, but she always has to smoke candy cigarettes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that a lot. So they are like an 80s movie cliche, but it's candied cigarettes. My shorthand notes are just why. <laughs> Wow. I can't wait till next week when you're like, what the <laughs> fuck was I talking about? I know. I took some cold medicine. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> They're called hallucinations. Lean in. Woo! Candy. They're in Candyland. What's some other Candyland stuff? I've never played Candyland. What the fuck? What? In the fucking Mormon shit is that? <laughs> it's not because I was Mormon. You don't even know about the fudge swamp? Isn't that where our tax died? That's no, like that's the swamp the of sadness. Swamp. Like it's like a yeah, it's like a Let's just finish the Patreonicals, guys. It's a whole swamp made of fudge, and there's like a fudge character in the swamp. What movie is that? Candyland. No, Land. Candyland. No, no, no. I'm talking about Swamp of Sadness. Never ending story. Fuck never ending story. It's too sad and the little pimple pus things on the little white dragon thing he rides are disgusting. Hate that movie. Well, I wish you had a heart. You don't know about cream frosting? Ooh, frosting's good. That's a good... All right. Madeline still does cartwheels, but she leaves a path of frosting wherever she goes. Ah, Madeline's been this way. How can you tell? Cream filling. <laughs> well, that brings us to Edward. Who... That's a walk of shame is all I'm saying. He's just... A walking apple pie. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I love when Vikey just like gives up and he's just like, all right, fuck it. Let's just go with the most absurd. Well, I got one left. Laura. Oh, man. She's just, I mean, I, I can't use, I don't want to use brand names. His name is Gloomy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Holy shit. Well, that's what Laura's going to be. Thank you for this. Well, explain <laughs> okay. it. Explain what just happened. Laura is a giant melting fudge monster. Named what? Gloppy. Laura. His <laughs> <laughs> name is Laura. We had to change the name to protect the uh, the trademark, I guess. Innocent. Oh. Yeah, I can't just be like, you're a Reese species. Well, also because that's not a thing. But yeah. We could do we could do Candyland horror and it would be like Reese's species and it's just sexy Reese's pieces that fuck and kill people. But then they like shoot a mouth through your <laughs> mouth through like the back of your head or I guess a tongue. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Hey, what if we just like finish the patriotical so we could all go to bed? Oh, uh, well, Lara is a giant melting fudge monster and she's the bad guy and you'll find out more about that shit next week or whatever. All right. Well, I guess we'll have to wait till next week to find out what happens on a Candyland version of the patriotical anyway yeah that's gonna be it for us this week i'm Paige. i'm mikey and i'm your horror virgin todd keep it oogie spooky yeah have a great week bye through the trees i will that's for next week